Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Oh, greetings. <laughs> Six days. We have, uh, we've saved it all up. We've saved up the hatred, the bitterness and everything else. Well, I brought you the bad weather. I decided very wisely to take the time off when we had dreadful snow and we were up to knee deep in the pretty stuff, which was a nightmare for the rest of the country. School kids love it, of course. It's a case of, oh, we don't have to go to school today. No, you don't have to go to school today and probably didn't go yesterday or the day before either. It's all a bit of a mess, isn't it, really? But I am through the other side of this thing. And if you've got it, and I don't want to go on about it because it's tedious for everybody, including myself. It all started, as you know, about a week ago with just a little sort of tickle. And then that gradually turned into a cough. And then the cough turned into the worst cough of all coughs. And um, and then we got sort of a sore throat. And once you've got a sore throat, if you're a speech presenter, you are what they call up a gum tree. It was really difficult. And so every morning when I woke up, I sort of, I tried... I tried to speak, and it was pathetic. I mean, it really. I mean, as you can hear, little bits of it. But bearing in mind, I've had I've had six days off. Yeah, I went. I came in on the Monday. Had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So seven days. It's been more than it's been seven days. I've had off actually. God, I tell you, I need to come back to work. The danger at the moment of me not having turkey on Christmas. I mean, somebody said to me, have you, have you eaten into your savings? I said, well, I've eaten everything else at the moment. Um, I've drunk liquids. I've done, I've done all the things I'm supposed to do. Plus, in the meantime, if, if there was a good thing that came out of this, you know, and, and, don't, and somebody said to me, oh, it's nice to rest. I said, believe you me, when you're coughing your lungs up, there's no rest in it at all. In fact, at, at one point, my chest hurt so much. I thought this is ridiculous. So I've, I've done the cough mixture. I've done the tickly. I've done the throaty. I've done the chesty. Uh, I've done everything barring having an embrocation rubbed in. But nevertheless, I watched a bit of television. My God, it's crap. I suddenly realised over the festive season what a pile of old dross there is out there. I mean, I sat there trying to think, if I was on air, if I was doing the programme, what would I be saying? And I thought, I'd just have to close down because there was nothing to talk about. I couldn't give a stuff about I'm a celebrity. I know it sounds very harsh, but to be honest with you, I'm not really interested in sort of, you know, um, girls from... Thank you. Stuck up. It's quite a nice colour you've got there, isn't it? It's very nice. They're all very excited round here this morning. Christmas party time tonight. <laughs> We've had all the locks changed. Nobody's coming back in the building again, I promise you. And, uh, and so I was, I was sort of... I, I sort of kept up marginally with I'm a celebrity, only because there was absolutely nothing else on the television. But I didn't watch very much of it. Because, to be honest with you, I was so exhausted by the time we got to that time of night that I was just, I was nodding off to sleep. And uh, so I caught up with the After Effects, and then I discovered there was sort of uh, Amir Khan. My God, he was thick. Dear Lord above, how do you get to be that age and that stupid? And then, of course, I looked at uh, Tamara Eccleston, and I suddenly realised it's quite easy to be that stupid. She seems to manage it, you know, with spades. And... Gemma Collins, yeah, because, like, here's the GC tree, innit? It's in my seat, and I've got this in it. And then the old bag names the company who's doing it for her as a freebie. As a freebie, look. She can't even decorate a tree. It really is embarrassing. I'll tell you what you need for Christmas from Father Christmas, love. Liposuction, OK? Go for lipo. It's the best thing for you. Seriously, ah, oh, do you know, she, she was on, on the trailer for The Only Way is Essexmas or something like that. She's there going, like, you know, you're, like, messing with my mind. 
I thought, two three-year-olds together. How exciting is that? What what marvellous conversations do you think they have? I don't know. Do you want... Do you want the red smarty or the green smarty? I don't know. Which one? Which one's less fattening, do you reckon, Arge? Two thickos in the same room. It's an embarrassment. Over in I'm a Celebrity, the jungle set was uh, really coming into its own. Snakes and, um, and somebody as desperate as George Toffolo, or Georgie, because she's like posh girl. Unfortunately, she's not that posh. We saw her mother on there. Well, there was nothing posh about her at all. Then you realise that the father's a rag and bone man. Rag and bone! Oh, look at that. The voice is coming back beautifully. I tell you, I've saved this up for six days. You think you're getting away with it lightly this morning. Ah, think again. Think again. There's no, no breaks on this programme, because if I have a break, I might collapse. So I'm keeping going until eventually the good Lord decides to take me. And so I was sort of watching it. And so Georgie Toffolo, 13 grand she got. So all the cobblers that you read about, oh, they've got £100,000 here and 200000 It's rubbish. You get them cheap as chips. Georgie Toffolo. Who's heard of her? Nobody. What does she do? She's like sort of semi-posh bird who doesn't really do anything. And then some quasi-agent from up north somewhere reckons she can make five million in the first year. Another load of old codswallop on us. I've never heard so much rubbish. And so then you get down to the last three. And what do you come up with? Jamie Lomax, Lomas or something like that. Turns out he's Kim Marsh's ex. That's his claim to fame, poor soul. And what does he do? Well, he's so desperate for work. He was in Hollyoaks. And you know that is like the graveyard. That's the great... If ever you see girls on Strictly Come Dancing and you've got no idea who they are, Hollyoaks. That's where they're from. That is where they go. That's where they, they put all the... bit. They go, sorry, uh, you're in Hollyoaks. Never heard of you. It's like the other day I'm watching... Sorry to move about. I'm watching Eggheads. And it was lovely. And they went, and today, children's TV presenters. First one came on. No idea. A lot of makeup, And obviously one of those, you know, 45 playing 12. Uh, and then the next one... No idea. Told us he was on Blue Peter. Not a clue. Next one. He was on another programme about something to do with cooking. Never heard of him. Next one. Another over-made-up poor girl. You might have seen me on News Round. You might have said, well, we haven't seen you at all, darling. I didn't know who any of the presenters were on Eggheads. Bring back Daphne, that's what I say. Is it, is it, is it MI5? I'll tell you, it was the only highlight of the programme, as far as I was concerned. I've told you I've saved this up. You think I'm sitting down here twiddling my thumbs doing knitting? Think again. Think again. Nobody sleeps at this time of the pro. You might want to sleep. I promise you. Go on. Risk it. Turn off the radio. You won't turn it off. You're too desperate, aren't you? Anyway, so at the end of the day, with a vote of 70 plus percent, uh, Georgie Toff Toffolo, heiress to absolutely nothing, but dragged her poor mother on. Anyway, so the mother was there. And uh, and she wins, 71%, which meant that the other two, uh, old Lomac, who's been dropping hints about, oh, I'd love to go into EastEnders. I'd like to see you acting first, dear. That'll be a first for everybody. And then Ian Lee, apparently a radio presenter. And he came third. But did you not think... Now, I'm sorry to say this, because it grieves me. Well, it doesn't, actually. I'm just saying that for an effect. But it's a case of, I thought... I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here is an entertainment programme. I thought that's what it sold as. It's sold as, uh, to us as an entertainment programme. These are people, you're going to love them or hate them or all the rest of it. They've all got issues. They've all got issues. It turns out that Ian Lee's got mental health issues. And so we end up with somebody talking about that. I'm thinking, this is not the platform. This is an entertainment show. If you're seriously making an entertainment out of that, you're on the wrong bloody programme. 
Rebecca Vardy, or Becky, as she's now calling herself. You know, and then the letter from the kids. We really think you've done... What, she was doing it for herself. She couldn't give a stuff about the children. She's doing it because she wants to launch some sort of career. So she drops hints. Oh, I'd love to go on to Loose Women and be a panelist. What for? You can barely string two words together. Just an attention seeker. You know, Toffee Toffolo was there. Bit of posh totty. You know, what do they talk about on uh, Made in Chelsea? Sex. Sex. What has she talked about? She wants to be an MP. I didn't see any evidence of intelligent life that side of the uh, of the uh, of the line. I'm afraid there was just nothing going on. All I see is two blokes presenting. You do it very well. Indeterminate age. They could be five. They could be fifty. They could be anything at all. And they make celebrities do stupid things. These celebrities, in inverted commas, because there was no celebrities on this program. Take my word for it. They're just ordinary people. They're prepared to eat anything in an attempt to win. And I'm thinking. Your life must be so blooming sad that you've got to go onto a programme and they go, we're going to cover you in bugs and everything. I think not. I think not. I would be the one dragging Ant and Deck, screaming into the thing, chuck them in the coffins, chuck as many bugs and snakes on top of them and rats. And they say, I tell you what, let's see how well you do. Because frankly, the programme is a pile of chronic awfulness. It was dreary. All we're dealing with is people's emotional problems. People sit there and go, oh, shut up, go somewhere else. Go to the Jeremy Kyle show. That's far more entertaining. All we need to do to get you on the Kyle show, knock a few of your teeth out and give you some tattoos and you're there. You could be a star on the Jeremy Kyle show, especially if you've had three children with three different men and you've slept with your next door neighbour and your mother turns out not to be your mother. I mean, that's what the whole programme's about, isn't it? It's dysfunctional people. You look at them and you think, my God, you're you're fourth. You're absolutely dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And then, as I say, we have to come back to Essex because you've got little Bobby Cole Norris, talks like a three-year-old again. But they all talk like three-year-olds. Can't any of them string two words together? So poor old Bobby Cole Norris can't find anybody on a dinner date, let alone in real life. You know why? An embarrassment. A total embarrassment. Like most of the people on the programme, they've all got issues. Thank God we've seen the back of Lydia Dim. Because let's face it, we'd seen the front of her and that wasn't too exciting. Mother with the hair plugged into the electric socket. Arge, you can barely string two words together, think ha ha ha, and thinks he's a singer. His career's gone nowhere. Gemma Collins, who, <coughs> excuse me, is just a little bit embarrassing. You know, for a 36-year-old woman. And then even worse, even worse, Westlife are going to reform. They're coming back. The good news is without Brian. Because why? Brian was the one, Brian McFadden, remember? Used to sleep with uh, Kerry Coke Toner, got kids with her and all the rest of it. That's an exciting prospect, isn't it? Not really. And, um, and so they're going to come back without him. Who said this? Louis Walsh. And I trust Louis Walsh. So if he says they're coming back, they're going to come back. I don't know why they ever stopped, actually. They were a very good band. You, you could sort of do, do things with them. The only reason I sort of, I'm a bit down, the only reason I'm a little bit down, is I'm sort of thinking, there's nothing new, is there? We had the X Factor with a group called, whoever they're called. Again, we've forgotten instantly. They were all over the newspapers and they were going, this is going to be the new One Direction. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't be rude about it, but frankly, talentless. You know, over-enhanced vocals. You know, let's take away all the enhancing, which you do nowadays when you've got those sort of competitions on the television. And Louis Walsh would know better and Simon would know better. You know, Nicole Scherzinger will just sort of sit there and hold up a yoghurt, which is all very exciting. And uh, Sharon Osbourne, lovely. We just like Sharon. Sharon could just sit there and just smile sweetly. You know, I'm not sure she knows exactly what's going on, but that doesn't matter. The programme is entertaining enough. But it's all these people who you know in a year's time, they won't be around. 
this group who they were going is going to be as big as One Direction. They couldn't fill a bath with fans. You know, you have a few people go, yeah, we really loved them. And you think that's the power of television. That's what television is. And then there was a piece about Blue Peter. I thought the programme was finished. I had no idea it was still going. I seriously didn't know. And then they, the, the reason that we knew it was still going is because they invited Wills and Kate on because they're like so busy being royals. So they give them a gold Blue Peter badge for services to mental health. I thought this was a children's programme. What are we dealing with mental health? Aren't there programmes that are supposed to be for that? So they invite them on there so they can get coverage. And people go, oh, good God, Blue Peter's still going. But let's face it, nobody knew. I seem to remember a short while ago it had zero ratings. That's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? When you consider it was the biggest children's television programme. You know, John Noakes, every time I watch that programme with him climbing up Nelson's column, I feel physically ill. No, no safety wire, no safety nothing. He's climbing up a ladder which is strapped to the side of it. I mean, I, even thinking about it, I go cold and sweaty. And believe you me, you wouldn't like Steve Allen cold and sweaty, even at this time of the morning. Uh, also, what did we have on? Oh, the odds on for a white Christmas. Lovely. We've seen it now. OK, thank you. We've had enough. We don't want any more. Although the kids are loving it because they don't have to go to school. Uh, teachers hitting back. They say, we're not childminders. Your parents say, why are you not open? Well, I don't know. It keeps you off the fags and the booze, doesn't it? In the morning, I should imagine, if the kids are there watching you. Uh, who looks good in a Christmas jumper? Holly Willoughby. Whatever that girl wears, she just looks good in it. Can't do anything about it. And uh, pantomimes. We'll tell you about the pantomimes. Uh, also, how many uh, mince pies will you be stuffing this year? You won't believe it. It's a huge amount of uh, mince pies, which is not so good. And um, what was the other one? Oh, yes, the Woolies Christmas tree light. Still working after 48 years. That's what they tell you. I reckon you bought them last week. You know, these people are like, oh, I've had these 48 years. No, you haven't. This bloke didn't even look 48. And he's there with this set of lights. It's all a bit worrying, isn't it? Oh, and why are Brits so ugly, boozy and miserable? Or is it really just the cast of Made in Essex? We'll take a short break back in a sec. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. <laughs> Please don't. Oh, sorry, we're just talking about the Christmas party. We're just giving people instructions. If you're going to the Christmas party, which is tonight, Wednesday, don't take your wallet, don't take your phone, don't take your keys, you know, because you lose things. You know what it's like? We've all been there. Well, I haven't. Not, not for many a year now. You know when you get so tiddly, you've got no idea what's going on. You don't know where you are. You can't remember where you've left anything. The answer is um, don't don't take it in the first place. OK, more of your uh, texts and emails. Do you know what I think? My, oh, I must tell you about the... Um, I had to get... During my sojourn, and believe you me, it was nothing sojourny about it, uh, I had to go to the hospital to get my eyes looked at again. Because if you remember... I went about uh, six, nine months ago to go and get some new glasses and the uh, the chemist said, oh, no, 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 you've got cataracts. And I went, oh, God, it's all I need. Anyway, we then go and get them tested and there's pressure on the eyes. So at uh, Kingston Hospital down the road from me, it's all quite local to me, actually. It's all a bit local. Uh, they, they tested me, exhaustive tests, exhaustive tests. And at the end of the day, I've got pressure on my eyes, which is leading to glaucoma, uh, which means you can't, and until you clear up the glaucoma, you can't do anything about the cataracts, which in one of my eyes is, is a bit bad. It's a bit bad. If I put my hand over my good eye, the other one's a bit, a bit hazy. It's like watching sort of a film with an ageing actress in that, you know, you think, how old are you really? You look about 40 in this film, but I know you're about 80. And so it was a bit like that. So anyway, so I've been using these drops twice a day, but I've been a bit lax only once a day. And then a nighttime drop, which I seem to forget most of the time. Anyway, the good news was I go up uh, to the hospital 
And actually, for the first time ever, the waiting rooms, there's two of them, were sort of... Pre- there was only about 12 of us in there, and I was quite surprised. So I was seen fairly quickly. They do the usual thing. I wish I'd remembered it. Uh, you know, the eye chart. A, E, T, J, O. I'm hopeless. I, I should have memorised it, so but then, of course, that would give false reading. And I seriously couldn't see it. In fact, at one of them, uh, she said, oh, can you read, read from the top? I said, I can't. I seriously couldn't see it. It was all blurry. So she gave me this thing, and then we dropped a thing, and all of a sudden I could see, see the letters. So that was quite good. So anyway, uh, at the end of the day, the, uh, the doctor uh, then sort of goes through a, a procedure, and you stick your, your chin on it. If you've ever had your eyes tested, you know what this is. You stick your chin on a machine. He looks into your eyes, and, you know, they sort of watch this and watch that and all the rest of it. And he said, well, the good news is, he said, um, he said the, the pressure has gone down on your eyes. I thought, oh, thank God for that. Thank God. That was the only bit of good news I'd had. Hadn't exactly had a sort of a bundle full of good news. My boss, bless his heart, was phoning me on a daily basis to check that I was OK and how much time I needed off. Even up until yesterday, he said, um, he said, listen, if you want the rest of the week off. I said, I can't have the rest of the week off as I've got interviews. I've got Jamie Oliver coming in on Friday. I've got Mark, Mark Gattis coming in today. I, can't, I definitely can't do these things. So he said, well, as long as you're sure. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm 99% certain. I need to come in and sort of, you know, <clears throat> wear it out a little bit. So, um, so anyway, so the, the doctor sort of does all these tests. But the good news is the pressure's off the eye. He said, um, I'm going to book you in for the cataract operation. And I went, wow. That was like the best news I'd heard. And it's about a 10-week waiting list, which is OK. And it's an operation that doesn't take very long. About 20 minutes, but you're sort of there for because they have to give you tablets and drops and everything else. And so what they will do is, under a local anaesthetic, uh, they will peel... It sounds disgusting. Looking, looking at your eye, they're going to peel a layer off it, which is the layer which is... Um, it sounds hot. I'm trying not to think about it, actually, because having I thought about it yesterday and it seemed OK. This morning I'm thinking about it. It doesn't seem so, so OK at the moment. So anyway, so they'll peel a, peel a layer off. There'll be loads of you listening who've had this. And they say, don't, you don't feel anything at all. They, they take a layer off and all of a sudden it's like, ta-da! It's like, it's like painting over something and then scraping the paint off. And then you can see through it again. It's a bit like that. He said, and then we'll, we'll, we'll put in a, uh, a plastic lens. And that will mean that uh, your eyesight will come back. You still need reading glasses. I said, that's OK. I'm not, not bothered about that in the slightest. And uh, so that was the good news. So I came home. I've got this thing. I've got these drops. that goes into the prescription. Something else to take. And... Um, and I'm sort of fairly good with it. And then this bloody cough started. So if you've got it at the moment, I know how you are feeling. I've been there. It's the most boring thing. You can't do anything about it. It starts tickling. And once it starts tickling, you've got to kind of clear your throat. And then, then the producer coughed. He was sitting out at the desk and he coughed. And I went, oh, no. Paul Smith coughed. He's had sort of similar thing. And my boss coughed as well to me the other day. It's, it's doing the rounds. You just have to. It's about a week. Well, it's probably a week and a little bit more, actually. Right, what have we got? Did you see Katie Price on Looseman yesterday? Um, I did. Um, I didn't see it. I caught up with it this morning. Because what they'd done is they'd, um, they'd invited her back on to talk about Keith Chegwin. But as usual, and this is where I'm going to sound terribly rude, she turns it all round for herself. So she goes on to talk about Keith Chegwin, who apparently was one of her bestest friends. Uh, you know, which, <laughs> since when did that come up, dear? But anyway, it's a bit, uh, bit easy to say. And she says, we, we were talking a few weeks ago and we we're going to sort of meet up and do it. Really? 
Anyway, who knows? Anyway, so she turns up on the programme and then all of a sudden she starts breaking down because her mother has the same lung disease that killed Keith Chegwin. Now, we know that her mother has got a terminal illness. We know, we know about this because she's been on there God knows how many times telling us about it. And, um, but she's been given about three years. Might be longer, might not be. But Katie Price has to turn it all round to her. So we, we kind of move away from Keith Chegwin and all we do is talk about Katie Price's mother, excuse me. And she said, this could be my mother's last Christmas. Listen, if this was going to be your mother's last Christmas, they would have told you. They would have told you, but they haven't. So let's not get over dramatic. You know, some people are in hospital at the moment. They don't have three years. They might not have three months. They might not have three weeks. So, you know, to invite somebody on who can only talk about herself. She can't talk about anything else. She's not interested in anybody else. She's been having sex with Kieran, she tells us, in an interview. So she's still finding time to do interviews. So it's it's basically, you know, somebody really at the Lucerne office should never have booked her onto the programme. Because whenever she's on there, they don't tell you anything about any of the other panel on there. I just know that Ruth was on and that was it. Couldn't, you know, they don't tell you anything else. It's just about Katie Price. So she makes all the papers. Because she's saying, I don't want my mother to die. Which, of course, is, you know, the kind of thing everybody else would be saying, dear. It's just that, you know, you're not really helping anything, are you? And the same lung disease that killed Keith, well, he had his for quite a while. And apparently Keith had been giving her mother advice before his death. <coughs> which is good. She says, the thing is, my mother's going to die. Darling, I don't want to preach to the converted, but we're all going to die. OK, it's kind of the only inevitable thing in life. You're born... You live and then you die. And it doesn't matter at what point you go. You know, you can, you can go, you know, tomorrow. You could go next year. I don't know how many, how many months or years I've got left. I've got no idea. But you don't, you don't think about that. You think positively. And so she talked about this, uh, this sort of lung disease and, um, and all the rest of it. She said, I love my mum so much. Yeah, all right, but think about all the other people. That'd be quite nice if you thought about other people for a change as opposed to you, you, you. Because, frankly, I'm getting a bit bloody bored with it. We know how bad it is. People are in a much worse condition than you are. Although, to be honest with you, the amount of... T- Why they put you on the programme? I've got no idea. It just... They had to take her off the programme. And then... And then they brought... I think Karen Brady went on or something like that. Who must have been standing in the wings. I mean, there are 6,000 people a year diagnosed with this illness. So there's lots of other people. You know, for you to sit on television doing, you know, I don't want my mother to die. Nobody wants their mother to die. But it would have been nice if you could have just, you know, as opposed to, you know, talking about you all the time and your situation, you might have actually said something, you know, a bit decent about poor Keith Chegwin. I know you can't do anything once somebody goes. You know, most people survive three to four years after diagnosis. I don't know how old her mother is. I'm not too sure, actually. Is she, is she in her 70s, her 60s? I don't know. I should, we shall find out in one second. And uh, let's have a quick look. So it's a, a lung... Disease, 64. There you go, 64. I'm, well, anyway. <laughs> it can happen to anybody. She's had this cough for ages. I've had my cough for over a week and a half. It's not much fun. It really isn't. But, you know, don't put her up on television when it's just, it's just going to take away from the rest of the programme. It could have been so positive. It could have been so good. And so, you know, we're doing everything about, you know, my mother. We're making her last few years as, as you would for anybody. As good as possible. That's how it is. That's how other people... I love my mum so much. Well, I'm sure you do, dear. Everybody does. 
Everybody does. But, you know, just try and think about the bigger picture. You know, it's not all about you all the time. It's about everybody else, you know, and there are other people as well. Everybody felt bad about uh, Keith Chegwin, you know, because he was he was full of life. He was one of those bouncy people, you know, well knew, and he would jump up and down, and when he'd married Maggie Philbin, we all got very excited, and they had a child, and... Uh, and he was only 60. 60 seems young to me. It seems, you know, absolutely amazingly young. But at least he made the news. It's all you can hope, isn't it? You know, at the end of the day, you make the, the, the news. And it's for all the right reasons, because he was bubbly and infectious. He admitted he had an alcohol problem. He admitted all sorts of things when he did uh, Celebrity Big Brother. But all this codswallop about, you know, he was my best friend and all the rest of it. What does she do, turn everything around? Everything around? First time she's ever mentioned it, as far as I know. I mean, Keith's... I remember seeing him in the Liverbirds, Black Beauty, Zed Cart. He did everything. He just kept working, because that's what he did. He was what's commonly known as, as sort of Mr Showbiz. He was, he was just full of energy. Full of energy. I noticed, actually, it's funny, because all the programmes got people on who we work with. Timmy Mallet and Ricky Gervais. Not one person thought, oh, let's get on Jordan. You know? Except for loose women. And somebody there made the biggest mistake of their life, I should imagine. It really it's it's not you don't want to see that on television. You really don't. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Very interesting. Just look at the television, I see that Doug Jones has won the US Senate seat in Alabama. But uh, Judge Roy Moore was the one who lost. He's the homophobe. Just thought I'd let you that know, uh, know about that now. I thought there's no room for old dinosaurs like that, isn't there? Don't you just want one of his children to turn out to be gay? Do you really, really want that to happen? I remember, actually, the chief constable of Greater Manchester some years ago was very anti-gay. I can't remember what his name was. It was, he was probably dead by now. But anyway, a long, long time ago. And he made all the papers because he used to make all these stances on gay people going, oh, I don't... Turned out his daughter was a lesbian. Hilarious. Well, we picked ourselves up the floor on that one. But when you see Judge Roy Moore, who votes for an old soak like him? Look at the poor old soul, honestly. Sorry, this is your wife. She's gay. And your son's gay as well. So it just leaves you, Mr Moore, doesn't it? And he's a judge. God help you if you come up against him, as I say. I mean that in the nicest possible way. I don't want you to say, you know. I'm sure he's an absolutely charming man and he deserves his place in hell. Which is good news, isn't it? It's so funny, all these people. It's, I can't work out if people like that are the Bible bashers. Or if they're just... Is he Bible basher? Yeah. They do get that, don't they? They're sort of... They're slight... I mean, how many... How many gay people are members of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, I ask myself. And I come back with the answer, not so many, I don't think. Mind you, I've often said, actually, try and count the black faces in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. You can count them on one hand, I promise you. And I know because I've watched it year in, year out. Mainly because I like choral stuff and things like that. Uh, they're not very progressive, are they? There must be loads of gay Mormons, though, mustn't there? I mean, there's got to be, but the law of averages has got to be. There was one who appeared in one of the shows a few years ago. He just looked a bit camp. You know, I didn't want to point him out, but frankly, even the other ones were nudging themselves, going, mm, old Lawrence over there. Anyway, um, oh yes, Phil Vickery says, welcome back. Merci bien. Merci. Do you know what I could just eat now? I could just eat now. Sausages with mashed potato and onion gravy. Is that, is that sick? That's not good, is it? That's not good, is it? Sausages with mashed potato and um, an onion gravy. Sounds delicious. Sounds delicious. For me, it sounds delicious. It really does. It's nice. Nice to be back. It's, um, as somebody said here, it's throat-tastic. Yeah, it's not, it's not 100%, but it's, it's as good as it's going to get at the moment. I mean, I promise you, this time last week, it was really bad. It was really bad. I seriously thought, you know, do you think it's, it's going to get better? But that's the same with anybody who, who gets ill. And this year's been a 
chronically bad year for me. I mean, seriously, what with falling on the halogen, what with the stents, what with all the blooming things that... Um, I'll be glad to get to next year for the first time in ages and ages. Uh, with your heart problems, Steve, says Gary in Preston, your diabetes and your close relationship with an oven, does hospital radio know you moonlight at LBC? Good to have you back. And uh, also, it was Keeley who said, why would you let Katie Price go on TV in such a mess? I don't know. She looks so awful as well. She really looks so awful. She's had so much cosmetic procedure done, and I, I've got no idea what it is. Whatever it is, it's ruined her completely. Ruined her completely. But still droning on about Kieran, and Kieran's a sex addict, and Kieran is this. But yet she's still having sex with him, she told us. And you start thinking, you're just one big mess, aren't you? One big mess. Christmas time and you're back on the spike, says Rona. You've been missed so much. Uh, somebody says, uh, pleased. Mornings are quite not the same without you. I should have said at the beginning of the programme, thank you to Ian for standing. Bless his heart. Honestly, he didn't know from one day to the next whether or not I was going to be here because I didn't... I can't phone them at 20 to 5 in the morning and go, I'm really not up to it. I don't think I'll be back until, you know, next week or something like that. So we were doing it on an ad hoc daily basis. They would phone me and go, how do you feel? And I'd go, I think I need another day or another day and a bit or something like that. So he, he was being messed about all over the place. But, um, you know, he did his best. He did his best. So thank you very much indeed for that. Um, another one here very quickly. It says, uh, we spikers really missed you. Thank you. That's what I like. Dale in Birmingham also is a is a, a misser of the programme. The trouble is it's it's interesting, isn't it? You know, you have something that you rely on for ages, and all of a sudden it disappears for a while. I mean, there will be a time when I'm not going to be here, in which case I'd say podcast, but I must tell you on the podcast, there's no free podcast today, and there won't be one until next week, mainly because um, I thought we'd, we'd try and save the voice just a little bit. So, so bear with us. Dale's in Birmingham. June in Poplar. Gillian, uh, morning, Gillian. I trust you are well today. Actually, you all look very good this morning, and I, I hope that you're enjoying your uh, your Christmas. Uh, one here from Katerina says, "Ring the bells, raise the flags." Steve is back. I know they they apparently had had a number of people inquiring after me. Although I did laugh at the one person. You always get one one thicko, don't you? Who goes? I think LBC have got rid of Steve Allen, and you go. Do you know you are the dumbest person alive? How you made it to sort of semi-adulthood, God alone knows. And these people vote. I mean, honestly, listen. With my audience figures, are you mad? Are you mad? They adore me. They can't get enough of me. They're like throwing contracts and money. I mean, a, there was. I mean, a Securicor van arrived the other day at home, and there's a financial incentive inside. The financial incentive was somebody from HR going, are you coming back to work or not? And I, I said, well, of course I'm coming back to work. I mean, many more days off, I'll be owing them money, I think. So that's how they look after you. They look after you. Jim in snowy Aberdeen. Ooh, snowy Aberdeen. Actually, in one way, I'm a little bit jealous of snowy Aberdeen because I've seen the beautiful pictures on the television. And I know what it's like, so don't, you don't need to write in and go, ooh, you've got no idea, it's dreadful driving and all this kind of thing. I don't mind looking at the pretty pictures because I think this land of ours is beautiful. Even when it snowed the other day in Twickenham, hello, we had to say it came down like rain. And I remember looking at it thinking the patio looked delicious, absolutely delicious. Um, not, not delicious like eat the patio because I can't eat stone or anything like that. But it just looked really pretty. And, and I thought, oh, it's so pretty. And then I looked across the rest of the country and I thought, God, it looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. And then I thought, there's all those people driving out there. There's mums and dads going, 
Oh, God, we can't get the car out the drive. And all those people who thought, oh, if I've actually got a drive on an incline, that'll be really good. No, 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 that's the worst thing. As the car slides back down the drive, you know, people on motorways. You know why? Because people are stupid. Because nobody teaches you, when you do your driving test, how to drive in snow. They just go, off you go out there. Oh, right. So nobody teaches you to drive on a motorway either, do they? Off you go, just go out there and drive. Really? And bearing in mind, there's a lot of people out there, Uber drivers, who don't even have licences. I've noticed in York they've just banned Uber. They've decided they don't want uh, Uber up there. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Stephen Potter's Bar says, hope you're well and OK. Oh, did I push the wrong thing here? What have I done? Oh, God, blimey, what have I done here? Wait a minute. Oh, I've done it. Oh, do you know, sometimes I do something on this screen and then I manage to sort the problem out for myself and I get quite excited because I'm, I'm really not... I got a thing the other day. I was telling, telling the producer, I got a thing from my uh, accountant and, uh, and he sent over the accounts to be signed off. And he said, oh, I've sent you over, Steve, the, uh, the accounts. If you can just sign them and email them back. And I thought, how'd you do that? I've, got, I've, I've never heard of that before. And then somebody said to me, oh, yeah, I know what you do there. You can, there's this app and you do this and you put your name in and it does a signature or whatever else. And, uh, and I thought, well, I haven't got that. So in the end, I did it via a friend of mine. I signed, then pinged it over to him and he then applied it to the document and we pinned it onto the accountant and it worked. I mean, you know, miracle of all miracles. I learn on a daily basis. I tell you what I had a craving for the other day. Phil Vickery says, welcome back. Crumpets. Crumpets. I bought two packets of crumpets and I ate four crumpets. Four crumpets. Oh, delicious. Crum oh, crumpets. Oh, dear me. I've, uh, the only thing I wished I had was peanut butter. And I never had any peanut butter and I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really be bothered to actually go out there. The only time I actually bothered to go out there was when it got to that sort of time of the day and I thought, I looked in the fridge, I went, I'm going to need some more milk, I'm going to need some water. They had a thing in Mart. Explain this one to me, Marks and Spencers. Okay. They've got the sandwiches, da, 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 and then they've got so, little bits of fruit, da, 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 and then they've got little bottles of water. And so you can buy a bottle of water, some fruit, and a sandwich, and it's £3.50, whatever it happens to be. Anyway, if you buy a little bottle of water, it's about a quid. And so I buy a couple of these, because they didn't have any big bottles, and I needed water, and no, I don't drink out the taps, OK? So in between throwing the pants away, throwing the socks away, and not drinking out the tap, I've decided I'm really peculiar. I'm not normal, OK? But that's, I'm quite happy with that. There's, there's no point in being like everybody else. I'm not sheep. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm individual. And uh, so I get to the till, and the, the young lady I know in there, she said to me, she said, why don't you buy the six-pack of water? They do a six-pack of these bottles here. So one bottle, a pound. Explain this one to me. Here we go. So, I wish I'm not telling you this, because I tell you, ever since I told you about haddock chowder, you can't buy the bloody stuff anywhere. At Mark Suspensers in Twickenham, had you any haddock chowder? No, no, because everybody's eating haddock chowder. So, so I'm not. I'm, but anyway, I'm going to have to tell you about this one. So the bottles of water a pound. If you buy a six pack, one pound forty for six bottles. How does that work out? So um, she said, would you, would, "Would you like some of the six pack?" I said, "Yeah, I have a couple of the six packs." So one bottle a pound, six bottles, one pound forty. Yesterday I go in there and I said to one of the ladies at the back, "I said, oh, I said, have you got these in a six pack?" She said, "Oh yes." They don't seem to put them on display. You have to kind of ask. And uh, so I said, oh, I'll have, uh, I'll have three. So I bought three, which cost me, including the bags, £4 something, as opposed to like 15 18 whatever it was. So there you go. There's my handy hint of the day. Uh, Evan is in Galashields. Is there anybody living in the real world? Gal where the God's name is Galashields? 
I think you're up the top of the country, aren't you? I think you're, uh, you're Paul Smith territory. Of course, it's a complete coincidence he was off at the same time that I was off. We both. Uh, he's been away um, skiing, I think. When he said ski, I, I can't remember if he actually went skiing. Did he not actually do it? Was he too scared? Oh, bl- well, actually, I don't blame him because I've seen skiers. It is scary. Gala Shields is near Newcastle. Why, eh? Why, eh? That sounds dreadful, doesn't it? If you do that, because everybody down south goes, oh, why high? You know, because we're all a little bit poached down here. But uh, up there in Gala Shields. Sounds great, doesn't it, Gala Shields? I don't know why. I've got an image in my mind. It's probably not right. Of rolling countryside and hills and hillocks and stuff like that. It's probably not like that at all, is it? Probably a dump. It's just, it sounds nice. Gala Shields. Uh, So, Evan. Uh, Nice. Uh, Another one for today from Irene. Listening from France, that's what I like. That's what I like. The further away people are, the happier I am. The happier I am. Uh, Mitch is dropping to the airport. He's off to Spain for a few days. Cool, blimey. That's, that'll be nice. Heather's in Harrow. Yeah. Uh, and um, another one here. Uh, wait a minute. Just go and find some more. Anastasia says, you're going to have to speak twice as fast to make up. I know. I suddenly realised... Actually, I'll tell you what I thought about this morning. It seems a bit odd, doesn't it? I remember thinking, what will I talk about? What will I talk about on the... Pro- what did I do for a living? What do I do for a living? The answer is I talk for a living. And so, is it... Okay, so what, will I, what, should, what shall I be talking about? Because I can hardly talk about sitting in front of the television with the heating blaring on like a blooming sauna. That's just dull, isn't it? Nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about that. I could talk about the television I've watched, but to be honest with you, I haven't really watched that much. I've had the television on, and I've watched a few films, but I've not sort of got into anything in particular, thinking, let's watch this. I mean, I'll tell you what I did watch, which angered me, and I've seen it twice now. Who was the bloke they kicked off of, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here? Was it Mr Maynard? Jack Maynard. What a plank he turns out to be. What a vile piece of work. And blow me down, he turns up on Lorraine's show. And he's laughing and I'm thinking, ugh. And then he turned up on some, one of those sort of like, OK, yeah, kind of trendy TV programme things the other day. And uh, and they're talking to him and he's like, it, as, as if he'd never done anything. I got really quite cross, actually. So I decided he's definitely off the Christmas card list. Mind you, Stormzy seems to be everywhere and he wrote some right garbage, didn't he, as well? Seems to be OK nowadays. Uh, Linda says, I've missed your dulcet tones. Dulcet. I don't know, dulcet is the right... Uh, is the right terminology? I hope so. And uh, Stephen, don't ever have your photograph put up on your Twitter feed, dear. OK, just thought I'd mention that now, you know. Unless you're attractive, there's no point. <laughs> uh, deck the halls with bales of holly. Steve is back and sounding jolly, says little Julie. Actually, I collected the other day loads of lovely, lovely presents. Loads of lovely presents. People are very kind, so I'm very grateful. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Ken says, my early mornings can now get back to normal. And uh, and Dan says, I hope you're picking this up at work and feeling a lot better than you were last week. Last week was a terrible week. I mean, really, seriously, I didn't think this year could get any worse. Uh, also, the sunshine is here, ready for your show, says Madeleine. And um, Jackie in Watford says, I've really missed you. I've been getting withdrawal symptoms. I missed you. Jamie Lomas has already been in EastEnders, says Lynn. Has he? What, from the... I'm sorry, another thing. Um, has he really? Is that what Kim Marsh's ex? As what? Was he an extra or something? Or, or did he play a potato? Has he played it? Has he been in there? <laughs> All right, OK. Well, why was he dropping hints about going into East Enders then? Have they written him out? Has he, has he been in and out? Is he. Oh, suggesting he might go back. Oh dear, how dull. 
Is that the same person, then, the one who was in Hollyoaks? Oh, right. How boring. Uh, Ian says, glad you're back. I've missed going to bed with you. Oh, nice, isn't it? He's far enough away for it not to be a worry. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Actually, I was just watching a little bit on the television, and uh, and then Chris said to me, oh, uh, Ian Payne was talking about this the other day. This is the uh, the moon landings and Trump wanting to reinvent the wheel and says we get... Whereas most of the, the stuff... And I remember seeing a documentary on... On the uh, the moons and all the rest of it, and the trips up there, and the rockets, everything else, it's all covered in weeds. They've literally closed down the sites because it's so expensive. They can't afford to uh, to do anything like that. Uh, and he wants to he wants to do it, and then put people on Mars. What for? Nothing up there. I mean, is he mad as a broomstick? Yes, completely. Although I did watch yesterday. My God, they're vile. The Housewives of New York City. Oh, it was it ran over about three episodes. They're, no, no, they aren't the mafia types. That is the mafia wives of something. Because we put one of them on one of our reality shows. She turned a bit, a bit thick. And uh, But the housewives of New York City, everybody's husband is having affairs with everybody. It's hilarious. They hate each other. And uh, and then the countess, who's now got married to some bloke, they picked on her. Then you've got... Um, who's the one there with the bug eyes? Anyway, she's she's really... She's had so much surgery now, she looks like a bloke with a bad wig on. And uh, I can't remember her name now. She's got, um, oh, she's really evil. I mean, she's a nasty, nasty piece of work. She's awful. And uh, she was on there and she's, she had this gold dress on with her boobs hanging out of it. I thought, old woman of your age, boobs hanging out. Good God, you look like somebody from Essex. Yeah, because like, it's the GC Christmas tree here, isn't it? Look, and I'm wearing this cat suit. Oh, God, honestly, I was nearly sick. Uh, Jamie Lo- so we, we discovered that Jamie Lomas has apparently been in EastEnders. But uh, they're hoping, well, he's hoping to get put back in again. Uh, another one here, uh, Lucian New Malden, thank you, says those mornings have not been the same. Well, I mean, I have to be honest with you, of course, you know, but I, I can't compete with 90% of the presenters on LBC. I can't, I can't do what they do. Mind you, I don't think they can do what I do either. So I think that's, it's sort of, it's par for the course, isn't it? And, uh, Phil Vickery says on the way with sausage and mash. Stop it. So what are you cooking today? Are you, are you cooking today? hope it's something like... Sausage and mash is what I call a winter warmer. I don't know why. It's one of those comfort... It's like... It's like... Um, it's like Marmite on crumpets. Or peanut butter on crumpets. What else is a winter warmer? I'm trying to think, actually. So vegetable soup, I suppose. I had to... Mulled wine. I couldn't find mulled wine the other day. Because I thought, actually, to get myself better... And to sort of, you know, see out this world with a tiddly pom... I thought I'd go and buy some mulled wine. And I wanted some glue vine. And then I thought, I'm going to go and have to buy a box of the herbs and infused spices uh, in the little tea bag things and then put it into a saucepan with some red wine in it. And uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't be blooming bothered. I Seriously, I thought, no, I'm not going to bother with something like that. What's the point? Although I, I have, over the years, imbibed quite a little bit of, uh, of glue vine and mulled wine. And I do like it, actually. Oh, it's Christmas pudding today. <gasps> Are you making two? You have to make two, don't you? When you do Christmas puddings, you do one and then you save one for next year. Then you make another one next year, then you eat this year. So you're always sort of working a year back. That sounds nice. A friend of mine did one of those. Is it called Rum Top or something like that? It's a pot. Stands about so big. Look at me doing that. That's stupid of I. It stands about two foot tall. And what you do is you put um, fruit in, whatever's in season, I suppose. You put anything in, like peaches, pears, stuff like that. Um... Oh, see, now Phil says all fruit soaked overnight in slow gin. That's for the Christmas pudding. This, this rum top thing is you put the fruit in and then you pour in dark rum. 
And you leave it, and then you top it up, and then you keep putting in. And the fruit absorbs the rum. And so come Christmas time, a couple of spoonfuls of that with some ice cream or whipped cream, apparently, you're, like, you're off with the pixies for the remainder of the day. I can climb to the top of the tree. I can plug your lights in. I can do all that kind of thing. So uh, Christmas pudding. Oh, how lovely. We never have enough room for Christmas pudding. We always have it every year, and we never... My brother always says, or, you know... My parents are my godchildren, and they always go, um, anybody for Christmas pudding? We all sit there and go, I don't think so. We haven't got the energy. <laughs> By the time we've had the taties and the little sprouts and stuff like that, I, I just haven't got the energy. You know, you need to sort of sit down and, and just let it all sort of soak through your body. But I keep seeing these adverts on the television, crispy roast potatoes. I keep going, oh, they look delicious. Do you know that there's a shop? Somebody sent me a link. That's open for a couple of days. All they're selling is roast potatoes. You can have roast potatoes with other things, but they've got a big thing. It's a it's a it's a pop up shop, and it's a fiver, apparently for roast potatoes. I think Dan must have sent it to me or somebody like that. It was, and I remember thinking, oh, that sounds a bit nice. It was in the city of London, I think. Roast potatoes, in a yeah. There you go. Opening in December. Everybody knows the value uh, of roast potatoes. Bar the Yorkshire pudding, and oh, we missed it. Oh, typical. It's a, it was put up by McCain's, I think. And uh, and you could just go and get a portion of roast potato. Oh, um, was it last weekend? Oh. And, you know, they, they've also got a picture here of gin-flavoured cheese. If only I liked... Oh, look at those roast potatoes. Look at those roast potatoes. Oh, my God, farmers. But gin chocolate orange cheese. The Cheshire Cheese Company has launched a block of gin and lemon-flavoured Cheshire cheese. I'm not sure about that, actually. Actually, I, I wish I enjoyed cheese more, but I'm not a gin. I'm not a, um, a cheese sort of person. I know because it's it's really fattening. And I did buy. I went to Iceland the other day, the shop, and uh, and I bought some tuck biscuits. Do you know what I did yesterday? It's an indulgence. I got a tray, and I put some grated cheese on it, and about eight tuck crackers, and some Hellman's mayonnaise. Squirted it on the back, and then dipped them. Into the cheese. It was delicious. <laughs> Small wonder I'm the size I am. Anyway. Prosecco cheese. Where do you get... Oh, from Borough Market. Oh, you out that way, Borough Market. Oh, right. Borough Market's very good. If you're a foodie, it's fatal. Don't go anywhere near it. It's just... It's it's a killer. Seriously, you'll die. Do not go there. Because they've got every manner of delicious thing. You go, ooh, lovely. Ooh. I could eat a kebab now as well, actually. Do you, you could ever have kebabs and roast potatoes? Of course you could. Why not? Doesn't sound as exciting, does it? A kebab. Woo. Actually, the funny thing is, I've just been drinking um, sort of soups and having liquids over the past six days, which seems to be okay. It seems to be okay. I'm trying to sort of... I don't know whether it's any good for me or not, but I've had I've had haddock chowder, vegetable and tomato. I don't like anything else. I'm a bit, a bit funny about soups. And then I, I did the other... What did I do the other day? I always had tomato soup sprinkled with uh, with cheddar cheese. On the top. That was quite nice as well. Sometimes you put a swirl of cream in it, but I thought, no, that sounds too indulgent. Way too indulgent. So uh, Phil Vickery has soaked his fruit overnight in slow gin. I don't even know what slow gin... It's made from slows, isn't it? Does that sound does that sound right or am I being really stupid this morning? I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to... Because the good thing is, because people keep saying... My boss kept saying to me, every time I spoke to him over the last uh, six days, he said, how are you feeling? I said, I feel fine. I mean, I absolutely feel fine. It's just that I, I can't do anything about the throat. 
So it's not a cold. I haven't got a cold or anything like that. I'm not sort of sitting there. Although I did sneeze in the car this morning, but I don't think that was anything particularly to worry about. OK, right, coming up, news at five o'clock this morning. It is Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's, uh, it's delightful to be with you. Delightful to be alive. Delightful to be, uh, to be talking. Uh, on the programme this morning, William and Harry greeted by bowing droids. Yes, apparently, just when you thought they were adults, they both dressed up as stormtroopers. Slightly, slightly disturbing. Trump is weeks from a visit to Britain. They say it's going to go ahead. Playing Pokemon Go could boost shy people's social skills. That's a good idea. I like, I've never played Pokemon. I don't even, I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. Uh, are Gemma and Arge an item? Does anybody care? Westlife will reunite. We found a benefits cheat. She was exposed on the television. Let's just call her, you know, what she is. She's an out-and-out thieving little crook. Luckily, we've sent her to prison for four years. I'm sure she'll have great fun in there, and we've repossessed everything. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Greetings, greetings, felicitations, compliments of the season. I like that. I like that expression. I think it's nice. When you say compliments of the season, it kind of covers everything. It, it's sort of, it's interdenominational. It doesn't really matter, does it? You know, if you say Merry Christmas or, you know, Happy This or Happy That and all the rest of it. Sometimes people might be offended. But, you know, on this programme, we don't really care about people being offended because I think we're, we're offended too easily nowadays. You know, too fat, too thin, too sticky, you know, too ginger, too blonde, too black, too... too th- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're all offended by something. You know, somebody's only got to say to me, you're losing your hair, and immediately I go into meltdown. Immediately. But over the past, I was just talking to a friend of mine, and, uh, and uh, he's on another radio station just around the corner. And he said, there's n- he said since I've been doing radio, because he hasn't always done radio, he said, uh, I've got more throat infections than anything else. I said, well, I said, the problem is for me, if I get a throat infection, and I think this is the longest time I think I've ever had off in my entire career. I don't think I had this long off for the stents to be put in, I'm sure. But uh, it's, it's, I said, there's nothing you can do about it. I said, because I can't... It's not like doing a music-based programme yet. And, uh, you know, here's Mantovani and the orchestra. And you saw... <laughs> I was getting into it. Vivaldi, one of my popular people. And uh, <laughs> the Four Seasons. Rachmaninoff. Uh, sorry, anyway, anyway I, I digress. And it's, it's a case of you can't move away from it. You cannot move away from it because you've got to talk. Whatever happens, I'm employed, please thank God, uh, until seven o'clock in the morning. So I start at four, finish at seven. And and I've got to talk. It's not like I could sort of go and here's 20 minutes worth of music and I can sort of, you know, go and tiddle off and do some wallpapering. I can't do that. And so when we get a throat infection on LBC, you know about it. And also you can hear it. You can hear it in somebody's voice. And so when I got up, yesterday, well, yesterday, I was sort of thinking, I think this, this is actually going well. There are a few things. First of all, I actually got a decent night's sleep the night before. When I say decent night's sleep, that for me was sort of um, everything appeared to be back in, in working order. You know, get my drift. And, uh, and I thought, I'm obviously getting better. I'm coming out of the, of the painting. I'm emerging through the other side. And I can finally see where I'm going because I was getting bored witless. Because you know what it's like? You sit there in front of the toilet. You wake up early in the morning. And a couple of mornings I woke up early. In fact, one of them, I, I did a, a dress rehearsal. You just think we wake up in the morning and walk in here. No, 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 no. This is all carefully rehearsed. Every every single word on this programme is all put together, you know, carefully crafted with love and affection, hopefully to entice you in as an audience. That's how it works. You know, and and the better you do it, the bigger the audience grows and the more people go, I'm with the script writing team here. We are, listen, 
other programmes you can hear the money spent on air. On this programme, you don't hear it, but I promise you, there's a group of people backstage there writing, rewriting. Was that funny when he said it that way? Was that funnier than this way? No. And then, as usual, because it's festive time, and it's when we visit Auntie Enid, and thank you for the cards that people have been sending in for her. I'm not giving them to her. There's no point in making her happy this Christmas. And so she'll then add her sixpenneth. And so you have scriptwriters. I can remember years and years ago, Joan Rivers came into LBC. And she came in on one of the programmes. And she came in with two scriptwriters. And as she was sitting there being interviewed, they're writing lines and giving them to her. And she's repeating these lines. She worked with scriptwriters. Most of the... If, if ever you go to see an American TV comedy show being taped... They will do a bit, and I've seen them do it on Friends. And they'll, they'll do a bit, and then if it doesn't get the reaction, they'll say to the audience, did you get that bit? And they'll go, no. And so then the scriptwriters will quickly rewrite something, do it, and then they'll, it will then come out again. I mean, believe you not, believe it or not, it, I mean, it's carefully crafted, and so this, this programme's absolutely nothing like that at all, as you can well imagine. It's just a load of old toffee, isn't it, really, at this time of the morning? But it's toffee worth getting up for. It's worth getting up for, I promise you, every single morning. And the fruit for slow gin is from a blackthorn bush. I've never even heard of a blackthorn bush. You know, I would have thought blackthorn bush, blackberries. I don't know why that seems a little bit ridiculous, doesn't it? But what do I know, Phil Vickery? What do I know? Let me tell you. Why are Brits so ugly, boozy and miserable? It's party season. They'll all be out there. You This evening... There will be a big party in town. There'll be loads of big parties in town. All the big hotels will have hundreds and thousands of people there and it'll be the chance to impress the boss. So there'll be lots of people wearing very short skirts. That'll be the men. Some of the, some of the women will sort of put on a little bit of glitter and back comb their hair, you know, and, and by the end of the night, they'll all be wrecks. It will be car crash. There will be people... Because you know what they're doing? Did you read this the other day? They're smartening up Leicester Square. They go, they're, seriously, they're going to rebrand Leicester Square and there's a new hotel going in and all sorts of things. Because at the moment, poor old Leicester Square gets a bit of the rough end of the pineapple. Because people go, in the early hours of the morning, it is full of a load of, of drunky poos. And, uh, you know, over Christmas, it'll be no, no different at all. I should imagine there'll be loads of people out there who are sort of uh, imbibing, perhaps a little bit too much. And so you do find people slumped in doorways. You know, as I walk past them, I always think when I walk into work, I feel great. Because, you know, I haven't had a drink for a few days. I discovered, actually, drinking. I had some Prosecco, when was it? About four days ago. And it kind of affected my throat the following day. So I thought, no, the trick is, don't have Prosecco. And then I thought, perhaps I should have whiskey and milk. Because I remember that as a child, and that was always very good for colds. And I thought, but I haven't got a cold. I've just got a sore throat. So I've got, I've got chloroseptic, ultra. It says here, adults and teenagers spray three times the back of throat. So I've got this one, and I've got... Another spray as well, because that's there's nothing else I can do. I can't do anything else about a sore throat apart from spraying it and then hoping that something works. So anyway, so tomorrow morning there's going to be drunks all over the place. There'll be people who seriously will be taken advantage of. People, So that's why I say if you're going out to a party over this week and it is party week, you know, don't take money. Unless, you know, take enough money to get you home or if you've got an Oyster card. Pardon me, an Oyster card. Take an Oyster card with you. Try, try not to take your phone because that'll be the first thing you lose. When you're drunk and you fall over, and I've seen it happening before, I've seen it happening on, you know, the road at the back here, people take advantage of drunks. They just rob them. So it, it does go on. And I would hate to think that you would be a statistic 
So if you're going out to a party, don't wear loads of jewellery. You don't need to wear loads of jewellery. Who are you impressing? They've all seen you at the works party before, you know. The fact that you're going to get very tiddly and embarrass yourself is neither here nor there. So just be careful. And, you know, book a car to get you home so at least you've got something or make sure you're with people so that you don't leave people stranded by themselves. It's just hard and fast rules so that by the time we get to tomorrow morning, I shall be the only one around here going, ta-da! And you'll all be going, oh, shh, shh, don't make a noise. My ears hurt. See, I'm, I'm, I'm past the party season. I'm way past it. I gave up on parties well, let's just call it an incident, some years ago, where I remember talking to somebody at one of the uh, one of the LBC parties, and as I was talking to them, don't ask me how it happens, my trousers slipped to the ground. I'm talking to them. And uh, and I was like, Sir, and somebody said, Steve. I went, yes. I went, pull your trousers up. They just fell to the ground. I mean, seriously, as if a mind of their own, ladies and gentlemen. So that's why it's, it's really best not that I go to Christmas party. And also... If I want to have a drink, I can stay at home and have a drink, and I haven't got too far to fall over anything. And, uh, you know, and so I, th- I thought to myself, I'm sort of, I'm doing actually, you know, this this kind of programme, because, A, it's easy. But then somebody reminded me the other day, this time last year, I had exactly the same problem. It's so next year, I'm working this out. I'm going to pace myself differently. We're going to start recording Christmas in September. So we can get it out of the way. Because otherwise it all starts piling up and you've got to do things for, you know, special versions of In Conversation and stuff like that. So I want to make sure that next year I don't end up in this same thing. Because believe you me, I get more angry about this than anything else in my entire life. Nothing, well, tax bills make me a bit depressed. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. So it's a case of I'm going to have to pace myself better. My boss said to me the other day, seriously, I mean, they're, they're really nice to me. They don't need to be nice to me at all. You know, I, I just sort of come in and do me a little bit. And uh, I said, he said, do you want the rest of the week off? And I said, um, no. I said, because I've got interviews to do this week. He said, listen, it doesn't matter about that. Your health is far more important than anything else. And he's absolutely right. Health is important. But if I think I can do it, I'll say I'll do it. Because I think at one point, I don't know what on earth he thought I had. But he said, are you sure? He said, are you telling me the truth? I felt like I was I was sort of fibbing about something, that I knew something, some dark secret but, uh, that really wasn't me. So all I've got to do is, is get through the throaty bit. Apart from that, you and your texts and your emails. And I have to thank you. You know, we got loads of texts and emails and Christmas cards and presents and all sorts of, of nice things. It's, it's really very, very generous of you. You don't have to do this. There's no, there's no charge for this programme, <laughs> well, apart from me. I'm the only charge. But uh, Lucy's in New Malden, Darren in Leicester. He said um, six days of uh, uh, built-up vitriol. Marvellous. I know. The trouble is, it's, it's only when you start doing it, you suddenly realise that um, you've actually built up a little bit more than you thought you were going to. But I'm here till seven. And uh, Lorna says, you have no idea how good it is to have you back. You do realise you can never leave. Ever. Ever is in capital letters. <laughs> well, at, at some point, I'm going to have to take... Actually, the funny thing is, I've, somebody said to me, will this mean that you're going to take uh, holidays? And I went, no, absolutely not. I can't do holidays. My friend Joel uh, says, woo, you're back. Which I like. I like. Thank you very much indeed. Actually, but it is nice to be back. I promise you, I couldn't sit... In my pants, in front of the television with the heat. I know, I know. It's not a great look. Try not to think about it. But sitting in front of the television. And the worst thing is motivation. 
And even though it only takes, you know, um, 20 minutes to get to the kitchen, well, just the route I take, it goes through everybody else's flats and things like that. And, um, and then you think, I'll, I'll go and get some water. And then I thought, oh, I can't be bothered. So you sit there in front of the television and then you start thinking, if there was a hidden camera in my sitting room, what would I look like? And I thought I'd look like Buddha. Seriously, I'd look like Buddha, little fat tummy sitting there, my little pants. Well, they're not little pants, they're quite big pants. In fact, actually, Billy Smarts were using them for tenting last year. But anyway, that's another story. And you sort of sit there watching the television, you think, go on, motivate yourself. Motivate, go and stand in the shower. And so you stand in the shower and then you think, oh, I've got the energy to do this. You just feel a bit... So if you've got this at the moment, I know exactly... Believe you me, I know how you feel. I'm hoping that, you know, with this programme in the morning, we can sort of cheer you up, lift your spirits, try and make you feel a little bit better about life. If you don't like Christmas, I'm, I'm not bothered by that. I appreciate the fact that, uh, that some people don't like Christmas. Some people, you know, see it as a, as a Christian holiday. Some people just see it as an opportunity to spend lots of money. Some people see it as an opportunity to get totally tiddled. And some people see it as an opportunity to get behind the wheel after being totally tiddled. And those people, we say, don't even think about it. The police are out in force. And believe you me, you might think you're very clever getting in a car when you've had a few drinks. But I promise you, once they catch you, the police show no mercy to anybody who's had a drink and then stupidly gets behind the wheel of a motor vehicle. So I'll just tell you that now because you don't want to spend Christmas and also the prospect of A, losing your job, B, losing your driving licence and B, C, appearing in court. So... The rules are there. We've just got, to, just got to abide by them. Go and have a volavant. You'll feel a lot better about life. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Five to... Oh, I sounded quite, quite energetic there. Did you notice that? Quite energetic, momentarily. 5.20. Um, the schools break up shortly, don't they? The kiddie winks will be out there shoplifting. About another week, is it, or something like that? It's going to... I told you, it's going to creep up on you really, really quickly. Text and emails this morning. Uh, Howard says, welcome back. Will you tell your listeners you really had a much-needed holiday in Blackpool? You're a very sad person. Uh, somebody says, welcome back, you old curmudgeon. I love that word, curmudgeon. It's, such a, it's a good word to use, isn't it? We have no idea what it means, but it's, uh, but it's quite nice. So thank you. I like being a curmudgeon. I learned to drive in the snow, says Kevin the Milkman, in the winter of 81-82. Old school driving instructor wouldn't cancel just because of a blizzard. I'm so glad I did, as my snow driving is very good. And pass first time, thanks to him. I didn't pass first time. I, uh, I was a, a second time passer. Which, but it was, it was me. I mean, to be honest with you, had I not run over the man with the red flag, I'd have been fine. But, you know, it was his own fault for standing in front of the blooming vehicle. Uh, somebody says, um, don't hold your breath on the waiting time for your eyes, says Jackie. Oh, no. Um, I've, uh, I've been told... It'll be uh, 10 weeks. Apparently, around, it's different different parts of the country. My, mine are quick around, because I said to him, I gather there's a long waiting list. He said, no, it's not too bad at all. So uh, around my way, 10 weeks, maximum 13, I think. So uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely getting ready for it. Uh, rejoice, says Vivian Chelmsford, just after I sent you a get well card to. I've decided you're never going to retire. I would never cope. If you weren't here to start my day. Yes, I mean, I quite like that idea. I think that's what they call good bargaining power, don't you? Is that it's, nice to be, it's nice to be wanted. It's even nicer to be needed. That's, that's the difference. And, of course, I mean, just to, just to ruin your festive season, I'm here on Christmas Day as well, whether you like it or not. In fact, not just Christmas Day, Boxing Day for breakfast. 
You will join me, won't you? You will be here. You might be one of those people who's waiting for family to arrive and you haven't got anybody round or you're by yourself uh, or just basically you don't have any friends. In which case, I could be your friend for Christmas Day and Boxing Day between 7 and 10. I don't know what we're going to do. I have no idea. I se- I'm seriously don't know. But then most programmes uh, of mine start like that. So, uh, you know, Christmas Day, Boxing Day, New Year's Day as well. New Year's Day, which I'm very much looking forward to. It's the only time of year I can, I can seriously wander in here and you can see people going, oh, I feel awful. I feel awful. And I always go, I don't. I think there was only ever one time years and years ago, <laughs> my biggest mistake... And uh, we were back in Gough Square. And uh, Adrian Love had the programme before mine. I was doing a programme called Night Extra, which started at one in the morning. And Adrian decided to do a uh, Those We've Lost This Year kind of a party. And so invited in listeners. And there was about 30 or 40 people who came in and they brought booze and everything else. And, and it was all very amicable. And he was doing a what we call a sort of um, an open mic thing. So upstairs in the newsroom, they put cushions out on the floor and there was drink and nibbles and everything else. And he was doing the programme and I was reading the news and then picking up afterwards. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I learnt my lesson many, many years ago, and I mean many, many years ago. Um, I had a few drinks and I thought at the time, this'll be fine. I can get by by just doing a couple of drinks before the programme. But unfortunately, it's not really easy to do just a couple of drinks. When you're in a good mood and there's a lot of bonhomie and everybody's chatting away, it was really nice and, you know, I was very happy. And um, and I started doing the programme at one in the morning, night extra. And for some reason, all of a sudden, my mouth seized up. I couldn't think of anything to talk about. Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. I was completely struck dumb. And I lasted 15 minutes into the programme. And the producer said, I think you need to go home. He said, you're rubbish. I said, I, th- I think I'm rubbish too. And he was right. I was rubbish. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. I'm trying to weave in as many. I mean, we've had so, so many uh, texts and emails. Uh, steve, I agree with you about Loose Women and Katie Pride. I just thought it was, if you invite somebody on to talk about somebody who's died... Can you try and do your research properly and make sure that the person you're inviting on, in this case, Katie Price, who'd already talked about her mother endlessly on the programme, had not got the same thing which took Keith Chegwin, because she's not going to talk about Keith Chegwin, she's talking about her mother. So we had that all the time, and they had to take her off set and all that. And I'm thinking, you know, it's somebody really, that was a bad booking. That was a bad booking. They should have put people on there, like the Timmy Mallets, like Fiona Phillips people like that who can talk sensibly about what Keith Chegwin did, you know, and about how he, he livened up people's lives. Not having somebody going, I don't want my mother to die. I mean, where's it? God, God, Christmas in their household is going to be blooming th- very miserable, I suspect. Very miserable. Steve, how do all these fringe celebs make a living? Loose women and all the other shows can't provide an income. Well, they don't. They don't. That's the interesting thing. I mean, I think you'll find that a lot of these uh, programmes that put people on, uh, there might be a, a fee of, say, £250, £300? Well, you know, unless you're doing this every day of the week, you're not going to make a living, are you? You're really not going to make a living at it. And they do it. I don't know what, what the budget is on the right stuff. I don't know how many people... The other day, I had four people on there. And I thought, you know, if they pay 300 300 Because otherwise, there are so many of these circling daytime television. They're all looking for the same thing. They're looking to find a producer that they can twist around their finger and get them to use them. I mean, at one point, you used to see the same people cropping up again and again on Sky News for the paper review. Now they put people on there I've never even heard of. You know why? They're cheap. They're che- they don't need to pay anybody very much. You send them a car, 
I mean, you know, God in heaven. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a luxury. It's all right if you've got a private income and they go, right, we'd like you to come and review the papers. So you go up to Sky News. It might be 250 quid. You get a car in and a car back again. And that's it. If you could weave this in with another job, fine. But for many of them, I mean, on, on this morning, they used to have paper reviewers. They don't, they don't do that anymore. They might bring people in as, uh, as guests. But uh, there's not a huge amount of money you can make on it, especially when there's so many people on there. And they all say the same thing. When they had this, uh, the eggheads the other day, I don't know if they get paid at all. I should imagine the experts get paid, but I'm, I'm not totally convinced that the, uh, the other group of people on there get paid, especially when they put people on there who don't know who they are. And they laughingly call them celebrities. There was a celebrity program, was it Celebrity Crystal Maze? And I remember thinking, who are they? Who are these people? And they go, oh, so-and-so is very funny. And you think... I've never heard of them. And let's face it, I spend most of my time reading this sort of stuff anyway. So that's why it's a little bit difficult. Ian says, uh, you just mentioned how dull it is to watch TV with the heat belting out. Why do people think it's okay to sit indoors with it minus three outside in their shorts and T-shirts? What about to wearing jumpers and warm trousers? Well, you won't convince me about not sitting in front of the telly in my pants. That's the whole idea of having heating. But I have got good at turning it off at night now because my, my place luckily does stay remarkably warm, remarkably warm, even by uh, even by this morning. Uh, Richard on the Wirral. Very popular, this this programme out of London. Have you noticed? Hugely popular in Huddersfield and the Wirral and places like that. And um, he says, will you not open the lines on Christmas Day? This is Richard. Well, I don't, we, we said that last year. We said that last year and we... Uh, and we sort of thought about it, and we didn't we didn't quite get round to it. I don't know why we didn't get. I can't remember actually. Couldn't be bothered actually. I was just being I was being a bit lazy, and the, and the producer had gone to sleep anyway because the program was not really exciting. And uh, actually, I kind of was I doing Christmas Day last year? Yes, I must have been. Was it you? <laughs> it was Chris again. You're not here this year. No, this year we got Aussie Boy. No chance. Oh, we got Brighton Boy. Oh, right, Brighton Boy's in. Good Lord, honestly. There's no end to the excitement round here. Is it just me and him? Oh, right. Thank God for that. Um, Blue Peter, we'll talk about a little bit later on. Do you know what? I didn't even know the programme was still on. I think it comes from Manchester now, so that's uh, that's sealed its fate completely. Uh, Richard says, uh, grand to have you back, Aunt Wireless. He says, I'm fascinated by what you said on show writers. The banter between Ant and Decon, get me out of here. Is it all pre-written? I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, Mari says, what time does your Hippodrome show start on the 3rd? Oh, now you've asked. I can't tell you. It might be 7. I don't know. We'll have to check. Before anybody writes in and goes, oh, you're doing a show at the Hippodrome? Yes. And it's sold out. We're quite lucky with, uh, with selling out shows. We like selling out shows. It's very nice, actually. It's very pleasing. Is it about 7-ish, something like that? 7 o'clock it starts. So there you go. Don't be late if you're late. You have to incur the wrath of Steve Allen for being for turning up late. Uh, petrol prices going up again. Whoopie do. That's all we need, isn't it? Actually, but I came down the other day to have a look at the car. It was covered in snow, and then I realised it wasn't snow. It was ice, and so I left it. And then it rained yesterday, and now it's all clean again. Because I like the car looking clean. Uh, why do working mums outnumber those who stay at home by ten to one? No, I didn't know the answer either, but I'll give it to you later on this morning. And Prue Leith says, the secret to Christmas, stuff the turkey and then freeze it. So that, that would sort of save a bit of time, wouldn't it? So, so obviously we're talking, because you can't unfreeze a turkey and then refreeze it again. That would be very dangerous. So presumably she's buying a fresh turkey, 
filling it with the stuffing, taking the giblets out, please. They come in a bag, separate. Why they bother putting them in there? I've got no idea, apart from making gravy, which is, which is OK. But uh, every year, you remember the problems we had with my mother, who used to get tiddly making sherry trifle, and I couldn't remember if the giblets had come out. I remember one year we went, Mum, the giblets are still in the turkey, and she'd go... Laugh all way through the remainder of Christmas. <laughs> Nothing you could do about it. A mad family. Uh, 84850, Ryan says, nice to have you back. I'm in Lanzarote for Christmas, says D, and will definitely be listening to you. Good. Thank you. I don't think we get as much loyalty anywhere as we do on this programme at this time. I mean, honestly, come on, it's hard. Oh, it's late. I do beg your pardon. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to six. I'm a firm believer in fate. If if you sit there, and I've, I've done this a few times, and I think, oh, my boss hasn't phoned me, I can guarantee within a few minutes the phone rings. And, or failing that, you'll be sitting there thinking, I've not heard from so-and-so for ages. The other week, uh, my friend Paul was organising a, uh, an LBC reunion from people who were there a uh, long, long time ago, long time ago, back in Gough Square, and I was due to go, but because I was ill, I couldn't go. And I remember thinking... I hope he, he texts me and then I can text back and because he, he'd obviously heard that I wasn't going to be very well. And blow me down, within half an hour, there was a text from him. And I remember thinking, this is really bizarre. And then yesterday, um, I decide that I have to, I cannot sit in front of the television in my pants for a moment longer. I'll go and get some air. So I thought, right, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Richmond. I'll go and have a look. I keep thinking about the lottery, believe you me. I mean, it's just £101 million last night. Please, God, it's me. But it won't be. It'll be nobody. But anyway, so, so I, I go to Richmond, and and a friend of mine, Bridget, who and Carlo, uh, have some shops there. They've got a chocolate shop, an ice cream shop, and a gents' clothing shop, and then they've got another place in the Bentall Centre. So, you know... It's, it's a really go-ahead company and all the rest of it. And I thought, I've not seen them for ages. I'll just walk past... Anyway, I walked past the chocolate shop, which is on the green at the end of a, a, a corridor that leads down onto the green from the high street in Richmond. And blow me down, there's Bridget. And she goes, Steve. And I go, what are you doing here? And she goes, we were talking about you the other day. And I said, this is uncanny. But anyway, she then sent me a, a text. She said, so nice to see you today. Because uh, Carlo, who is the, the man... Uh, in the uh, in the sort of in the the scheme of things, has just been in to have uh, an operation. So I know that people listening know Bridget and Carlo, and uh, will send my very best to him. I sent it back via her, but I, if I do it on the radio, then other people will say Steve Allen said this morning, "Good luck and uh, hope everything's good." So that was nice, but it, it's just uncanny, isn't it? Absolutely uncanny. I mean, how can that be? How can it be that all of a sudden you think about somebody? Uh, Tony says, we missed you. Thank you. And um, uh, Tomkinson Glass said, great news, Steve, but don't do it if you're not well. No, that was the big thing. I didn't want to come back if I, if I didn't feel up to it. But I'm not ill. I just, it's the throat, which is doing the right. Everybody seems to be getting it. Don't worry. Uh, another one here. Uh, just got my tickets, says Carmel. Oh, that must be for the Magic Circle. They sent those out the other day. Or is, it, or is this for the uh, for the third? I don't know. I haven't got any tickets for the third. Well, that's right, because it's me. Uh, best news I've heard all day, says Andrea Rose Dance. Do you know, I'm surrounded by dancers. Seriously, in my life, I've mixed with dancers, uh, which is lovely. Uh, Rodri Williams 
is around. And uh, Marrow says, you know you've been missed. I know. I know. I'm very lucky like that. <laughs> very lucky like that. And then LBC tweeted, he's back. Uh, Stephen says, great to hear you again. Please take care. Thank you. I do try, actually. I, d I don't intentionally go ill, I promise you. If there's one thing that I don't do, it's, it's sickness. I just, I really don't. It, I, I get angry. I get angry. <laughs> I'm losing the money. <laughs> Lynn says, nice to have you back. Thank you very much indeed. It's a nice picture, isn't it? Very nice. Uh, a photo of our last job in Essex. Uh, as you like uniform, Steve, says uh, Bruno. And a fantastic radio show, as always. Is it OK to leave a little gift for you? Absolutely. Oh, yes. We like, we like little gifts. I'd like a better one from Camelot. Very smart. Very smart. You know me and, uh, and uh, pipe bands and stuff like that. I love it. Do you know, I saw something on YouTube a little while ago. And it was, um, I think they were Korean pipe band. Women. A women pipe band, women's pipe band from Korea. They were at the Edinburgh Military Tattoo a few years ago now. And I remember thinking how brilliant they looked and how proud they must have been. Uh, somebody says, Steve, I flicked the switch and there you were. Dorman Dom, thank you. Oh, it's Ramona. Ramona is the lady with the bug eyes. <laughs> That's what they call her. I don't know why. But uh, she's had loads of surgery. Very odd. Lovely to hear your voice this morning. Carol says that and Connie. And Hearts Decorator, thank you. A lot of people re retweeting. <laughs> uh, my friend Jordan told my friend Joel I'd been fired for being way too butch. I know, it's, it's dreadful. I don't know how we get away with it, to be honest with you. Sometimes The trouble is, though, everybody says the same thing. I'm never saying anything that's out of kilter with the rest of the entire world. You know, It was yesterday, wasn't it? Yesterday that people were talking about the moon landings and you get the conspiracy theorists who go, of course, it never never happened at all. It was all CGI. Do you know, don't be silly. We didn't have CGI in the 60s. You know, only have to be reasonably intelligent to know that. And there are the people who think it was all dummied up in uh, an aircraft hangar. Why? Why would you dummy something up? What, what would be the point of that? What would be the point of that? Somebody somewhere, it's like, you know... The, uh, have they really found uh, a creature from outer space? Oh, don't be so stupid. Of course they haven't. There is no creature from outer space. There is no Rothwell. There is no, you know, the crop circles and all these other balmy mad people. Well, it's, it's, so, in other words, this thing hovers over a field and nobody sees it. Nobody gets a photograph from their car, you know, because it just comes down and in one minute it does this. It's students with a piece of rope and a blooming broom handle and a lamp. God, you know, there's some real thick people. People want to believe, don't they? E.T. phone home, E.T. phone. They wanted to believe that there is a little green man somewhere who's going to come down. Whereas, in fact, if he did, he'd eat you. OK? No such thing. I don't care what you say about, you know, other planets and there could be life out there. Yeah, and there might be pixies up on the moon as well, you know. There might be a branch of McDonald's up there, but I think it's highly unlikely. You know, or on Mars. What are we expected to find? There's somebody going, what the hell are you? And we go, we're, we're from Earth. Yes, Trump, Trump Tower. You could be soon, actually. Do you think he'd actually get up there and sort of plant a flag with Trump on it or something like that? I mean, Mars is it's miles away, isn't it? It's not exactly like a quick sort of hop on a bus. It's going to take years to get there. So many light years. What's the point? There's no swimming pool when you get there. There's no sort of uh, complex. Nothing at all. Don't bother, seriously. But it's the conspiracy theorists. I love it. I love it. I love people who's seven months to get to Mars. You see? Could have grown a beard in that time. Could have grown a beard. We could always send somebody, couldn't we? Who do we not like at the moment? Oh, that's limited. Gemma Collins. We could send Gemma Collins. That'd be nice. Send her with that dreary little baggage arge. That's like they both go there and talk in their funny little children's voices. Uh, Steve, did you try a bit of damson? Do you know, Dennis, 
I tried it, but not with uh, with grated cheese. He said, "Do do well." Do you know you've you've got it? Um, you've got it in one for me. I've got a thing about grated cheese. I try to think if it's grated, it's not as fattening. Rubbish, of course, isn't it? Uh, Steve, uh, Ricky Gervais got it right on in conversation with his disdain for reality. People who don't have talent, I know, but the trouble is, people build people up, don't they? So Gemma, the uh, the hut Collins, seems to think that she's got some sort of talent. And there she is, pathetic waste of space that she is, talking in a three-year-old's voice. And and then got Christmas tree, because, like, the GC Christmas tree is here, and this is a company in Brentwood, and they're going to put it all together for me. I thought, what, for free, dear? What are you paying for it? Are you that tight? Can't you afford it? Money running out? My God, you'll need to find something soon. You need to get pregnant, don't you? Oh, wait a minute, you tried that. That didn't work either. Girl, blimey. And uh, so I, I agree. I'm with Ricky Gervais. We both shared exactly the same disdain for people who are just famous for being famous. What did I see the other day? My God, I was nearly sick over the cat. I want to talk about it. I haven't got a cat. Anyway, so uh, so I'm watching the television and they go, oh, coming up, woman gets pregnant with crook. I thought, oh, Fern McCann, having babby, having babby. And so here she is and it's, oh, having babby. And very shortly we're bringing babby into the world. I think, what, you're having unprotected sex with a crook? What, are you stupid? And so they put it on there like we had to suffer with the, the, um, the what's-it sisters. You know, neither one married, of course, I hasten to add. But, uh, you know, they had babbies. Got babbies, so push chair, push chair. Look, got pram, got pram. It's pathetic. It really is. So so for Gemma Collins, the GC, you know, she wants a baby. There's no love in it. She just wants a baby. She couldn't care less who it was. Doesn't make any difference at all. Uh, Steve, welcome back. Glad you're better. But if I get ill, I'm blaming you, says uh, Joe. As it must have got me through the radio. Wouldn't it be funny if they actually proved... In years to come, that you could actually catch an illness through the radio. Because I'm always fascinated by the fact that you speak into this thing here. And hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people are listening on a radio. I mean, how does that work? How does it... How do my words go... I mean, I can't explain it. Seriously. And I've been in the business for donkey's years. I've got no idea how it works. I'm just fascinated. There's an aerial up on the roof. Aliens. It's aliens, you see. People from Mars... I used to like the Carpenter song, Calling Occupants of Interplanetary Craft. They were good. Love the Carpenters. Uh, 84850, Paul in London, says the acidic tongue, the wicked wit. The legend has returned. Thank you. I'm not sure, actually. Uh, Mark says, dismissing crop circles, aliens and spaceships whilst you're off have turned into, have turned into Jonathan Creek. Oh, I liked Jonathan Creek, actually. It's good. Tony in Southsea says you can send Gemma Collins, Katie Price and Donald Trump on a one-way trip to Mars. Who do you think would throw themselves off the spaceship first? Who do you think it would be? Out of all of this sitting there, Gemma Collins going, yeah, I'm the GC, like GC. And, you know, I've got this outfit. And Katie Price go, uh, yeah, because I just want to be here to put the record straight. And Trump will be going, open the door, push them both out. It's just... Yeah, I have the best and the biggest rocket in the world, and we're going to go on the space race. Seven months to get to Mars. God, that's a lot of chocolate bars for Collins. And never make it. Never make it. You can always take a party barrel of Kentucky, love. I, th- I seriously think, actually, really, I don't want to be rude, but, you know, you keep going on about, you know, I want to lose weight, and now you're advertising oversized clothes, so quite clearly you're either a liar or you're just blooming useless. Uh, Blue Peter gave an award to Wills and Kate. It was just an opportunity to get some publicity for Blue Peter, the programme that most people thought finished when the, when the former editor, Biddy Baxter, retired. She was the only one who seemed to have it together. And the programme was run 
you know, military. And then somebody said to me, oh, do you think George Toffolo, Georgie Toffolo, could get a job on Blue Peter? I thought, what, and make five million a year? Don't be so stupid. Blue Peter was notoriously bad at paying. 50 grand a year. Probably now it could be up to 65, something like that. It doesn't pay because they reckon you can go on to something else, like Songs of Praise. And, or you can do Nature File or something like that. But uh, no, gone are the days of children's presenters going on to something. Because as I say, when they did them on Eggheads, I looked at these five so-called children's presenters. I didn't know any of them. Not one of them. That's an embarrassment, isn't it? But apparently they've all done news round. God dear, honestly. Claim to fame. I've done news round. You probably know me best from news round. No, dear, we don't know you at all. We probably know you best from the job centre. Ridiculous. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Ten to six is uh, the time. Stuart Manning says, so glad you're back. Buddy. That's a very young person's expression, isn't it? All right, buddy. I can't say. It's very American, isn't it? He says, I'd missed your dulcet tones all but a little huskier. I know. I could probably do voiceovers, actually. Now I've got a huskier voice. And um, and poor Kieran. Poor Kieran doesn't have any friends. Fifteen. Most of those are probably made up. He says... Um, the people covering Steve Allen had callers. The people covering the one person. What are you, stupid? Dear me. Would make the show a bit more exciting. Not for you, love. Not for you. I think the only thing to make life more exciting for you would be a job. There you go. There you go. We sorted that one out for you. Uh, another one here says, uh, great to have you back. And uh, you say the phrase donkey's years a lot, as I do. Where does it come from? It comes from talking to donkeys and, uh, and them saying years. So donkey's years. Donkey's years ago. That's why. Because donkeys live a long time. I mean, come on, you can't be that stupid. Dear God, don't make yourself out to be a complete idiot. Uh, Steve, you could get Toff and GC to review the papers. They need a few, Bob. Oh, well, Toff, Toff was sort of doing her usual when she was interviewed by Pip Schofield. She said, I can't believe people know who I am. I thought, we know your father's a rag and bone man, dear, so we're kind of getting there. And for, for, for Gemma Collins, I mean, I don't really know what you do with her. I just, I just find she's a bit sad and delusional. The only thing that'll make her happy is when she gets pregnant with Arge. And, uh, and then, Frank, we can see the back of both of them. Uh, Charlie Girling says, Steve, you're back. I'm so happy to hear you. Yes, I'm quite happy to hear me, too. A bit touch and go over the past few days, but good, good, good. But good, good, good. Steve, uh, I've not heard the show before today, says Gary. I mean, what planet are you on? Are you on Mars or something? You've not heard it before today. It must be ridiculous. It's the biggest programme at this time. What are you talking about? God in heaven. Apparently, radio... Oh, here we go. I knew I'd get it. Radio works by transmitting on a frequency of a form of light on the electromagnetic spectrum known as radio waves. So your voice is being broadcast at some 300 million metres per second and will do for all eternity. Uh, where you never know, an alien species might discover your radio show. Well, if they haven't discovered it by now, they're not going to be there, are they? They've been doing it for 40 years. Well, they're very slow, these aliens. They just sort of invented the square wheel, do you think? That might be a little bit likely. This, this very idea that there's something else out there. It's very sweet, but there isn't, OK? And you'll never find it in your lifetime. Uh, do you manage to sleep all through the night when you're ill, says Jay? No, not really. I mean, I, I actually sort of almost changed my body clock for, uh, for a few days, only, only briefly, because I, I do wake up. But I'm very good at going back to sleep again. I'm, I'm very good at going back to sleep again. I'm the only person who can sleep anywhere. I mean, I promise you, I'm, I, could, I could fall asleep. Oh, I have fallen asleep on trains before now. The producer falls asleep on the bus. 
he's, he's notorious for getting on the bus and just falling asleep on it. He's all right till I get off. And the moment I get off and he's got nobody to talk to, that's it. He closes his eyes and he's off for the count. Uh, the benefits... Oh, I've got this story about a benefits cheat. I was so glad because when I saw her on the television first time round, I got quite annoyed that she was thieving from you. And I decided that uh, I was going to make an example of her. I didn't need to worry too much, actually, because um, the papers have made an example of her because the police caught her. She's a thieving asylum seeker and she's been at it for years. At it for years. So when she made the papers, I looked at her and I thought, wait a minute, I've seen you before. I've seen you before because I've seen you on the television. She was she was done on a on a programme which was exposing people who thieve from us. And um, and so when she was caught, I was absolutely delighted. I was even more delighted when she was sent to prison. Because the programme, uh, she's a housing benefit thief. Let's just call her what she is, a common little thief. She took 244,000 quid and she was exposed on television. Um, she's a single mum. She was operating for six years. She is the tip of the iceberg. I predict that there are loads and loads of people. Her name is Tanya Amisi. Let's just call her Crook, shall we? You'll be listening to this programme in your prison cell this morning, love. Hope you're enjoying it. She came here from the Congo, age 12. And what she did, she started learning how to operate the, the con system, which was uh, getting luxury foreign holidays, designer clothes... She had a flat in London's Chelsea Harbour. Uh, they found £25,000 worth of handbags in there. She was just a common little thief. Yesterday, the mother of three, who's pregnant again, was in jail. Good! Let's hope you rot in there. Four years. Let's hope you stay there for ten. A judge heard she signed up as the tenant of properties, which she then sublet. Because each council wasn't linked. She was able to do it. It was easy-peasy for this crook. And uh, she then used fake names to claim housing benefit. She had all sorts of things. She was taken to court for the fraud two years ago, but she disappeared from the UK anyway. They, uh, they finally found her. I think she was, in, she was on a show called Britain on the Fiddle. Finally arrested in Paris in July. Must have been a bit of a sad day for you, lovey. But anyway, we've got you, and you're now residing at Her Majesty's pleasure. Um, she's not in financial straits at all. She just milked it. Well, you've now got nothing. Kids in care, your problem, your problem. Nobody else's problem. So just remember, if ever she comes out again, Tanya Amisi. I'm glad they caught you and I'm glad they got you back from Paris because we knew that you'd fled over there and then they, they tried to find her. But uh, she seemed to be one step ahead. Now you've got four years to sit down there staring at four walls, love. I couldn't be happier. Could not be happier. Just a shame it only took uh, that long for them to find you. Uh, worst roads in Britain. My God, there's some bad roads, aren't there? You know that when all of a sudden the car disappears into a, into a hole. And lumps and holes all over there. This is the South Fen Road. I mean, it really is dreadful, actually. It's the worst in Britain. It's got cracked tarmac, uh, mud slicks and everything else. It's known as the Gauntlet. It's got steep ditches on either side. You have to... I mean, why the council don't know anything about these things? I've got no idea. Here's the first of uh, Georgia Toffolo. Boring, boring, boring. So, well-heeled girl, father rag and bone man, sells, you know, all the rest of it, talk like that, all right? And then the mother, who's not far off that. And um, now you've got her story. But in order to make it a bit more interesting, she was bullied at school. Like everybody. Everybody. I don't know anybody who wasn't bullied by somebody at some point. Bitchy girl bullies hounded me out of school, but it toughened me up. All the old crap's going to come out between now... I do beg your pardon. Uh, come out before Christmas. You're going to be so bored with her. And they go, oh, isn't she marvellous? What, because she was on a reality show? And she did what? Nothing. 
What does she do on television? She ate some bugs. Rivetingly exciting. Rivetingly exciting. And uh, now apparently she wants to be a Conservative politician. Well, that's alienated three-quarters of the country immediately. Uh, the best Christmas song ever. They keep doing these television programmes. I keep watching them. Because I keep thinking perhaps we'll come up with something different. But no, we've still got the same ones. And so now they've done the definitive guide to the best Christmas songs, which are the ones that you uh, like. Teachers hitting back at all those parents going, what do you mean you not open the school? What are we supposed to do with our children? Well, you add them. Why don't you look after them? Teachers said, we're not childminders. I agree. Oh, and by the way, smokers, there is proof now that cigarettes really do take a toll on your looks. If I didn't know better, I'd say that Katie Price smokes. Seriously, I mean, she looks awful at the moment. I've never known anybody's looks change so dramatically. Uh, the baby girl born with a heart outside her body. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. I mean, how does that happen, for goodness sake? And... Um, a 60 million, or 60 million year old flightless bird. A penguin as big as a man. Good Lord above. Honestly, it's ridiculous. And Dennis says, I don't know. That was the view. This is the view yesterday morning from, uh, uh, is it Balevi? Balevi, near Banbridge, looking out towards the Mourne Mountains. Oh, don't give me all these names to pronounce, Dennis. You know I'm rubbish at this. It's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't that pretty? I love it when the sun comes up over the top and there's a light dusting of snow. Very pretty picture. Very, very... Uh, sh- shame I can't share it with everybody. But uh, it's absolutely lovely. Thank you very much indeed for that. Uh, other side of the news, we'll go through the... Uh, we've not even looked at the papers yet. we managed to get this far into the programme without looking at the papers. So that's good news, isn't it? I told you the other day I had a bit of a, a, bit of a crush on crumpets and ate crumpets. Now I'm thinking peanut butter on toast. And I'm thinking, no, mustn't be mustn't. It's very bad for you. Very, very bad for you. Don't eat anything like that. And then I thought, well, got to go back to the sausage and mash with the onion gravy. And I thought, is it possible to eat things which are savoury for breakfast? Or does it have to be egg, bacon, sausage? Why is it those things for breakfast? Why can't we have, I've had it before, curry? Why can't you have curry for breakfast? I suppose you could if you wanted to. But it's always been savoury, isn't it? It's always been that savoury stuff. You can't beat it. And I'm watching at the moment, four in a bed. These people hate each other. Oh, my God, there was some violence. There was one woman I had a place in, I think it was Blackpool or Skegness. <gasps> she was evil. She was evil. I mean, seriously, she was evil. She didn't like anybody at all. Mind you, they didn't like her either. OK, quickly, we'll take a short break for the news at six o'clock. Even more rural cash machines to go. How do people cope? There's no pubs, are there? Playing Pokemon Go could boost shy people's social skills. The restaurant which typed pain in the... and the bottom word on a woman's bill... I think that's hilarious. I think that's hilarious. I think it was in uh, Edinburgh. Uh, odds on for a white Christmas. Cliff Richard is a young and again. I watched him the other day. I was I was flipping through the channels and there was my favourite film, which I can't get on DVD. And it's uh, called Take Me High. It's uh, filmed in Birmingham. Cliff at his best with some super songs on there. I love it. Uh, Quo's no-go gig acts and uh, Santa and his mince pies. How many do you think we get through each year? Millions. Details in a minute. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome along to... It's another cold day, isn't it? What did they get the other day in Shropshire? Minus 13. It's lovely, Shropshire. It's beautiful. But minus 13 is a wee bit uh, wee bit frosty. And this morning it was a bit mizzy and a bit sort of wet, but, you know, nothing that we can't cope with. I don't mind it being cold. I just don't want to see all the snow, because I've got to drive over Christmas, and I don't want to see the snow that came down the other day. I mean, I spoke to a friend of mine, he's in Buckinghamshire, and he said the village is cut off. And you think, it doesn't take long, does it? We're just not prepared. 
We're just not prepared. I like a good bit of gritting myself. I bet you do, don't you? Especially, have your council been out? Have they gritted? Over in uh, America, sexual misconduct allegations made by several women against the Republican candidate, Roy Moore. That's the homophobe Roy Moore, you remember. And the loser, the one who didn't actually think that he was going to lose, and he did lose. And now there's all these people come out. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? It's not funny that there's been misconduct allegations, but it's somebody who goes, oh, I don't like gays and all this kind of thing. And you get, so these people have now come out and accused him. Not just one, there's quite a few people have come out and made allegations against him. Obviously a deeply unpleasant little man. It's that little man syndrome again, isn't it? So several women have made these complaints against him. Wouldn't it be funny? Do you remember this? You might not remember this years ago, but there was a very famous uh, evangelical preacher called Jimmy Swaggart. Jimmy Swaggart was one of those who used to come on and, and it was it was hellfire and brimstone. It was a, it was a kind of a kind of preaching that you don't really see very, very often. But um, it's he had um, a scandal. He was caught with prostitutes and Jimmy Swaggart. Um, I think he's still going, actually. He's still going. He's still raking in the money. And he went on to his uh, ministry and did the usual, you know, oh, God, I have sinned, and, and urged people to send money. And people sent money into him. He was just a dirty little old man who was sort of using the, uh, the excuse of being an evangelical priest to, uh, to go out and pick up prostitutes. I mean, it was, it was absolutely amazing. There were all sorts of problems at the time with these people who did these sort of things on the television where they would preach to millions of people. You know, would you like a special prayer? Call our prayer line now. And they would have that. I mean, we watched these programmes. I was watching them from America years and years before they became popular. And thousands of people would go into these purpose-built halls and they would say, if you want a special Bible, then this is $25 and you call this number now. And there were loads of people taking credit cards. It was money-making. But Jimmy Swaggart in 1988 was implicated in the sex scandal that resulted initially in his suspension and ultimate defrocking by the Assemblies of God, whatever that is. Over there, you can set up all sorts of things. Three years later, he was implicated in another scandal involving another prostitute. As a result, dirty old man Swaggart's ministry became non-affiliated, non-denominational and significantly smaller than it was in the ministry's pre-scandal years. But I believe he's, uh, he's back Operating the same kind of thing that he was operating before. It's amazing, but he, was, he sort of started appealing to God. Do you know, oh, which reminds me. I knew there was something that was way more important than Christmas or anything else. The Pope wants to change the Lord's Prayer. The Pope... Excuse me. And, and it was the lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Because they say that Lord would not lead you into temptation. I thought you can't change it now. You can't change. It was bad enough when it was sponsored by Hovis. Give us this day our daily bread. It could have been give us this day our daily chicken. Could have been anything. But they, the Pope was thinking about changing it. And I thought, that's, a, that's the most odd thing I've ever heard. We were brought up on the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation. I wasn't, I didn't actually interpret that as being led by the hand into temptation. But I thought that was the, that was the indicator of how strong your faith could be. And then the Pope was saying, I think maybe that should be changed. And I was thinking, well, I've only learned the one. I can't learn another one. I'm way too old. Way too old. But uh, that, was an, that was one of those things that stuck in my mind from last week. I can imagine all these people going to church going, I'm sorry, which, which version are we doing? Are we doing the new one or the old one? As for Roy Moore, 
the Republican judge backed by Donald Trump, who has lost the race for the US Senate in the state of Alabama, to the Democrat Doug Jones. He said homosexual activity should be illegal and argued against removing segregationist, racist language from the state constitution, but it's sexual abuse claims against him by a number of women, some when they were teenagers that have made Washington conservatives bulk. One accuser alleges Mr Moore molested her when she was 14. Oh dear. Oh dear. Welcome to the world of hypocrites, ladies and gentlemen. Those who profess to tell you how to lead your own life, and yet when their own is under the microscope, it doesn't even bear looking at. So he said homosexual activity should be illegal. As I say, you really want to find out that he's got four or five children and they're all gay. That's what I want. That's what I want to happen. I want every single gay person in Alabama to go stand outside his house and go, and we wish you a Merry Christmas, dear. A Merry Christmas. Ten past six is uh, the time. Uh, Bake Off Prue ignites a frozen stuffing debate. I, I, I've never cooked Christmas dinner in my life. I'm lucky enough to have people who can do it so much better. And with the combined efforts of my brother and his, uh, and his girls... And his girlfriend, Marion, it, it works out a treat every... I told you, last year was the first year in as many years that the roast potatoes in both families that I went to, my godchildren and my brothers, were the most perfect roast potatoes we've ever had. Small, crispy, I mean, just yum, 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 yum. Me and roast potatoes go together. Uh, a bit like William and Harry. Harry, who is out without Megan, she's obviously back seeing or overseeing the sale of a house, so at least she can bring some money to this relationship. I mean, unless he's paying for it all the way through. I've got no idea how it works. Don't really care. But uh, both William and Harry turned up the other day in uh, in Leicester Square. They were doing Star Wars and uh, it was all very exciting because apparently Royal Albert Hall, the premiere was, was it really? Is that all? That, do they do anything apart from just turn up for these? Hello, hello. Yeah, we are like uh, stormtroopers and, and we're in it. OK, that, that, that's Harry, slightly smaller. I always remember years ago, do you remember that ghastly, creepy picture of uh, the two boys with, with Charles in Canada and somebody had given them jackets and baseball caps, which they put on backwards. And William did this, you know, with his thumbs thing. Like, it was so creepy. It was so creepy. The trouble is, they're so detached. They're so detached. But uh, obviously, Megan decided not to go there. That would have been an opportunity, wouldn't it? Now they've actually announced the engagement. You don't think he's got cold feet, do you? You don't think he's got cold feet now, I don't think so. It's quite nice. That's a very pretty picture. This is from uh, Lisa in Mottingham. Time for Garth to take her place at the top of the Christmas tree. Made by my nanny Judy for my first Christmas. 51 years ago, I had a pipe cleaners. Oh, pipe cleaners. God, we used to have fun with pipe cleaners. And uh, each year we have to try and tidy her up. That's very, um, that's pretty. I think that's okay. Pipe cleaners. Oh, I remember, do you remember pipe cleaners? You can, can you still buy pipe cleaners? I suppose you must be able to. But yeah, I just only ever thought about it a minute ago, actually. We're, we're, that's lovely. Difficult to tell, isn't it, on the top of trees now? What do you put on there? Do you put a star? Do you put a fairy? Because you know the story of, of the fairy, don't you? On the top of the Christmas tree. Yeah, I was, it's, a, it's a long story. I'll, I'll have to tell it. I'll probably tell it tomorrow, actually. But uh, that's the, the, I'll tell you the story of how that. Uh, also, 25,000 children. 25,000, and I think that is a, a low estimate. Aged 11 to 16 are hooked on web gambling sites. Do you know, I must be the only one. I have gambled. Do not get me wrong. I do do the lottery. Waste of time, I realise. I might as well just throw the money down the drain and then sort of the drain gives me half of it back again because I'll be on a winning uh, winning number. And I used to play fruit machines years ago. Now, 
I'm, I'm not remotely bothered. I'm really not remotely bothered by anything like that at all. So when I see these adverts on the television, I can understand how people get suckered into it, you know, and you can play here with Fairies of the Forest or Cleopatra or whatever it happens to be. And I'm thinking it's obviously appealing to people who are fascinated by reels going round and round. I promise you two trips to Las Vegas and you'll be thinking, I don't want to hear another fruit machine as long as I live because it's, it's either something you're into or you're not into, and luckily I'm not into it at all at the moment. I'm interested in sort of watching. I can go and sit in a casino and watch watch somebody gambling, but it's not something I I crave. I don't sort of get any sort of palpitations if I'm not there. Uh, Christmas songs, and uh, the best Christmas song, uh, Perry Como, uh, 19, with that one that goes, It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you go. Mary's Boy Child by Boney M. That was very... That was Harry Belafonte originally. White Christmas by Bing Crosby. Still does it for me. Still does it for me. Dear Bing. Love to have interviewed him. Uh, Dean Martin, Let It Snow. Wonderful Christmas Time, Paul McCartney. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Uh, Santa Baby by Kylie Minogue. I think it was done by somebody else. Santa... Oh, I tell you it was. It was... um, um, Oh. I'm just an old-fashioned girl with an old-fashioned mind. So it was Eartha Kitt, I'm pretty certain. Step Into Christmas by Elton John. Still a goodie. Still a goodie. Uh, Christmas Lights by Coldplay. Never heard of it. Is it dreary? Oh, it's not good, says the producer. He knows these things. Uh, It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the... I nearly interviewed Andy Williams. He became ill in London, though. Uh, Happy Christmas War is over. So this... Shut up. <laughs> Happy Christmas, John. Happy Christmas, Yoko. Shut up. <laughs> it's sold a lot, though. Uh, and the top ten I'll give you in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It is amazing, isn't it? 25,000 young people addicted to gambling websites because it's so easy. I don't think they realise that it costs money. If you read the rules of these sites, you know, it, it's not as clear-cut as you think it is. I, I thought you just sort of, you put money in, and they then double your money, and then you win loads. No, it doesn't work like that. I wish it was that simple. I wish it was that simple, but uh, they're there to make money for themselves, I suspect. Uh, Steve, at Radio Wave Speed, your first broadcast on LBC will still take another 40 years to reach our nearest star. So that's most likely why we haven't heard back from the little green men yet, says John. There are no little green men. Stop it. Stop it now, we'll have you sectioned. There's no little green men sitting there waiting for a radio thing. Goodness sake, honestly, where are we coming from? Uh, Gary says, no, I'm not from Mars. Well, he can't be, you're seven months away. You wouldn't be hearing this programme. He says, I'm in Cornwall. Until today, I was a local radio listener. Lord, honestly, does that still happen? What, a, a local radio show for local people? What's that about the local vicar telling you that the local duck pond has frozen over or something? And Mrs Higgins down at the shop has got some new cherry malt brandy coming in. Yes, no, we don't want that kind of thing at all. Of course, it's great to have you back cough-free, says Eddie. Actually, I'm remarkably cough-free. Remarkably. Every time the microphone goes off for, for an advertisement, I do have a little clearing, but, you know, that's OK. Did your producer mention... No, he didn't. He's, he's kept this one secret from me. Apparently, Crystal Palace won last night. Let's not make a big deal about it. OK, right, just leave it. Leave it. We don't care. Nobody cares. There's only you here. He's not mentioned it. He hasn't. I think basically because he knows I'd sit there looking a bit nonplussed, sort of going, Crystal who? Which is how we, we deal with football on this programme. I'm taking you to Thailand at the weekend for Christmas, says Stephen Scarborough. 
get HR on the phone and meet. I'm not having this kind of thing. This is sad. this sounds like abduction, doesn't it, really? And um, uh, Paul in Warrington, no, not yet. Uh, Fran says the Lord's Prayer is a prayer to God, isn't it? What a shame that the Pope thinks he's God's representative. Well, I think what they're doing is they're actually. I don't think he. Well, he is God's representative. Well, he thinks he is. And Catholics think he is. They think he's, he's sort of the direct link. And if he if he's obviously studied, I should imagine I must be bored. By the time you sort of coloured in the Sistine Chapel ceiling with a few sort of felt tip pens, and then you sort of sit down and think, what should we have a look at now? Let's have a look at the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation. Why would he lead us into temptation? I mean, it's, it's a good, you can't, you can't argue. It's a good argument. It's just that it's been like this for, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Let's leave it, shall we? I don't like it when people start interfering with things. I noticed the other day on the television, I'm hoping it's a joke. Jumanji. Another Jumanji. What? So this is Jumanji 2? No, just called Jumanji. I don't quite understand it. We've already got Robin Williams, thank you very much indeed. Who wants another blooming film? What a waste of money and time that'll be. Jumanji again. I didn't quite understand it. I mean, I understand the the Star Wars things, and I understand, you know, people like Star Wars and people are very happy. And then you get sort of William going out there because he likes the old, uh, you know, children's films. Because uh, I think anything else might be a little bit too much. God, blimey, old Harry's losing his hair, isn't he? Not surprised he's kept the beard. Not surprised. That hair's dropped out faster than mine. Oh, yes, and the uh, the Christmas chart. The Christmas chart. I forgot to bring you the last ten. It's easy to forget. Easy to forget. 25 minutes past six. I only mention the fact it's that time because you might be catching a bus or something. So, num- number ten. So I've got my own. Uh, it's Brenda Lee. Walking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Remember that one? She always sounded like she had laryngitis to me. Uh, Michael Bublé. It's beginning to look a lot like... We've already had that, haven't we? But anyway. Uh, Chris Rea, driving home for Christmas, or in his case, to hospital. And um, I'm told he is much recovered. Band-Aid. It's Christmas time. There's no need to... And then we had... There won't be snow in Africa. Do you remember, who was that person a while ago who di- dissected the entire song and said, what do you mean there won't be snow in Africa? That's right. Nothing ever grows in, in Africa. What is going on here? But it was the first that, that sort of really generated a huge, huge amount of money. Um, snow is falling. God, you have to guess the song title. All around us, children playing. Everyone, it's the season. Shaking Stevens. Merry Christmas, everyone. And then you got... It's great. I can't do it. You need a really bad throat for that one. Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody. Wizard. Well, I wish it could be Christmas. I like Roy Wood. I like Ballpark Incident. I loved all of their stuff. I thought he was brilliant. Brilliant. Clever man. Uh, last Christmas I gave him a... Uh, da, 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 the very next day. That's uh, Wham. 1984, that was. Uh, Kirsty McCall with the Pogues. Da, 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 da. I can't remember how they go. Da, 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 da. What's it? Da, 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 da. Thank you. 1987. Have we not had anything since 1987? And number one, and I don't even know this one. I mean, unless it's an old song, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey, which came out in... Well, I mean, I obviously do, but I mean, is she, was she the one who originated the song or was it done by somebody else? Done by somebody else. Oh, no, it's... Oh, it's hers, is it? I mean, why is that number one? And we've got, you know, Dean Martin's Let It Snow and Mary's Boy Child. Every single um, thing I read on the television, every sort of poll, they go, oh, this is number one. Apparently, in Russia, they loved Mary's Boy Child, which was Harry Belafonte's song 
originally. And, uh, and then they added to, oh, my Lord. But uh, you can't beat the old Christmas songs, can you? It is. Sorry? I don't, I don't know enough about... Have you got a bit of it there? Where's the star? I thought it was a ballad. Is this this is Mariah Carey? Is it? How do you dance to this for goodness sake? Is this? Um, is that her romping in the snow with Father Christmas? We can stop that straight away. We have none of that malarkey. Father Christmas doesn't romp with people. He's Father Christmas. I do like Father Christmas. There's something about it. I, I know I can't help it. I've, I've become obsessed with Christmas films over the last. Seven days, where every time I turn on the television, there's another... Some of them are rubbish. Some of them are absolute rubbish. The graphics are terrible. The whole thing is awful. But it's all to do with... It's the festive time of year, isn't it? And let's face it, if you don't smile now, you ain't going to have uh, much to smile about in the new year. Uh, one here, Stephen Scarborough. Oh, that's right, he's taking me to Thailand. Right, we've already passed you on to the police, and that's OK. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC .co.uk. A lot of people telling me about radio waves and uh, little green men. And Lindsay says, fabulous to have you back. And sounding so perky. I feel perky. I keep saying to people, I'm not ill. It's just that, you know, I've got this sort of stupid throat. Uh, there's something you can help yourself with. My doctor said, carry around, says Irene, antiseptic wipes. Oh, right. Ah. Oh. Antiseptic wipes. Yes, I'm not. I'm not very good with things like that. I should be really. Uh, also, Kirk Douglas has reached 101 years of age. Says Simon in Stockholm. 101, honestly, that's not bad, is it? Really? Was he in Spartacus? And uh, Steve Allen's singing is about as good as uh, Susanna Reid. Says Stephen. Very bitchy, isn't it, for a heterosexual? Don't like that kind of talk around here. <laughs> and uh, somebody says you're the best Eartha Kit tribute act I've heard. Yes, Santa baby, snuggle up the chimney tonight for me. And my, 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 I'm just an old-fashioned girl with an old-fashioned... <laughs> I walked out with uh, Eartha Kit, let me tell you. I've, I've met celebrities, you don't frighten me, I tell you. When I say celebrities, I mean proper celebrities, not third-rate reality non-entities. Fairy Tale of New York, my all-time favourite Christmas song, says Christine. Well, I hope I did it justice. Not. And uh, Jonathan says, can you mention the great staff at Euston Station who are opening the station Christmas Day for a party? I know. 200 people. 200 people and people are going to be serving and uh, and uh, turning out some nice food. That's good. People do things like that. There are people listening to this programme right now who over Christmas will not be thinking about themselves. They'll be uh, giving of their time to serve people who don't have much. And uh, do you know, I, t- I was watching... It's going to sound really daft, isn't it? I was watching something the other day on television. There's lots of appeals on television for money. You know, this much we need and this much we need. And, um, and but the best one to, for appealing for money, without a shadow of a doubt, is Paul O'Grady. Talking about Battersea Cat and Dogs Home. And he shows you a couple of, uh, a couple of dogs. And, uh, and because he's so sincere and he loves animals. I mean, he, this man cannot resist animals. And uh, and I thought, I bet they've raised a ton of money this year with his help. Good for them. Charlie Gerling says, you're singing Santa Baby. It's the creepiest thing I've ever heard. Oh, no, it can't be. Must have heard other creepy things. Santa Baby, go down the chimney tonight for me. <laughs> Been an awfully bad girl or whatever it was. I can't remember the words. But uh, just when you don't have to put up with me singing too much this morning. There are people who do it better. People who do it better. I think we should have a choir. 
there should be a choir, shouldn't there? That should all of a sudden appear in the studio and they start singing Christmas carols. A big choir, not a tiddly little choir. It's got to be a big choir. LBC News time. We're not going to what? No, we wouldn't fit them in our studio. In fact, we could probably get about ten people in here and they'd all be sitting on my lap or something, which actually is no bad thing. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, every award-winning Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning. It's the no-stopping-this-man. He'll be here at seven. Donald Trump has suffered a major blow this morning with the controversial Republican Roy Moore seemingly having lost the Senate race in Alabama. What does that mean for the president? Ryanair pilots have agreed to strike in the run-up to Christmas. Nick will speak to their union to find out why thousands of people could find themselves stranded. Plus, a day before the UK marks the six-month anniversary of the Grenfell Tower tragedy. Nick will be joined live in the studio by the Kensington and Chelsea Council leader, Elizabeth Campbell, and she'll be taking your questions. That's all with Nick Ferrari this morning from 7 o'clock here on LBC. I'm Steve Allen, back from the wilderness, as they say, back from the wilderness. Uh, here is... Now, which, every time I'm watching these elections in America... That's Roy Moore, is it? Creep! Sorry, I do beg your pardon. I was shouting at the television. I don't do that very often. I do it uh, every so often. <laughs> the Black Cab Poet, Michael, says, Welcome back. He says, Your version of George from Rainbow. Listen, will you stop it with these impressions? I don't... I mean, I, I don't do George from Rainbow. I could be persuaded to. First of all, Charlie Girling saying that my singing was absolutely atrocious. And now I'm getting picked on for doing an impression of... Well, Rippy. I don't do impressions like that. Is anybody tell you? It's not one of those... Pro- this is one of these programmes where people just sort of, you know, come on and start doing impressions. <laughs> uh, Dawn, thank you very much indeed. She says, mornings have not been the same without you. Well, they've been different. But you're never going to get somebody... It'd be ridiculous. You can imagine if there was somebody who sounded the same as Steve Allen. That would be ridiculous. And Heather says, happy to have you back on the air. Thank you very much indeed. And uh, you're... <laughs> George from Rainbow doing the impression of Eartha Kitt singing Santa Baby has to be one for Mr Moyles. Brilliant, says Michael. Thank you. Very much indeed. <laughs> Honestly, people are so cruel at this time of the morning. I don't know why. We're supposed to be spreading love and, and good wishes and everything else. Uh, so there is, there is proof now that if you smoke, it can take its toll on your looks. Hence, da-da-da-da-da, I do not smoke. I did smoke many, many years. Here's a picture of this ghastly thief, this little two-faced little nobody. Uh, Tanya Amisi, who defrauded 22 councils. And all she got was four years in prison. You should have been sent to prison for ten years, dear, as a warning. Because you know what'll happen? She'll be out in a couple of years. I hope she's lost everything. Kids taken into care. She obviously didn't care anything about anybody apart from her own self-gratitude. I'm glad you've gone to prison. I couldn't be happier. I like things like that. I like things. I like a happy ending. And yours is a happy ending. So for six years, you've been ripping people off left, right and centre. And, uh, and now you're in prison. So that's good, isn't it? Accused of molesting teens, but will Trump's cowboy pal win the poll race anyway? No. This is the mail because they were printed yesterday. So now we know he hasn't. So he's a homophobe and he's got all these allegations against him. Looking promising on that one, ladies and gentlemen. Do you know, we are in... I was thinking to myself the other day, and you're going to think I'm mad. Every time I read about somebody else who was... who had been... What, what was the word they used? They didn't use the word abused. It was something else. It's apparently if you put your arm around somebody or something like that, that can be seen as an assault. OK, so just th- think, think on that one. So you put your arm around somebody and it's sort of an assault. Uh, how do rugby players get on? They're constantly touching each other. I mean, are we just waiting for people to start coming out going, 15 years ago, I was playing at Twickenham and one of the other rugby players put his arms around me and tweaked my bottom. And you think, oh, well, that's definitely a court case, isn't it? 
Because it did seem that it was getting absolutely ludicrous that, you know, even because otherwise you might as well just stop everybody who's ever been, you know, to a nightclub or a bar or chatted somebody up or held somebody's hand or something. I'm frightened to touch people nowadays. Much I'm not really a tactile person anyway. Uh, a snapshot of modern motherhood. And so the Daily Mail find a lot of people uh, who talk about it. Is anybody famous in here? No. I'd like to find out if there's anybody interesting. And uh, the funny thing is, all Daily Mail readers. Uh, also, how the loss of the father she worshipped finally overwhelmed Cecil Parkinson's tortured child. She's dead at 57. She had a uh, history of uh, drug problems. And now Corbyn. Where is Corbyn? Is anybody, anybody, hello? Anybody seen him? Seems to have disappeared completely. He's now backed a Muslim leader who said that Israel has no right to exist. He's just kind of given up, hasn't he, really, Corbyn, I suspect. Uh, also, the lotto firm's profits more than double. And the pain in the... The rude word for bottom. This is a, a woman. A disgusted customer. They always get... I'd have laughed, you see. I'd, I'd have laughed. I'd have gone, well, you've blown your tip, haven't you? But, uh, no. Oh, oh, producers admitted. I'm sorry to have to do this to you this morning. What would you do? He hugged a random bloke, OK, who was stood in the row behind him when Crystal Palace scored right at, right at the end of the match, which he didn't mention earlier, which I went to last night before coming here. Am I going to prison? It's certainly going to hell, I think, for that one. Because, so you hugged a random bloke who was stood in the row behind you. Yeah, but so you had to turn round to hug him. What is going on at Crystal Palace? I mean, is this some sort of giant gay club or something that we're not being told about? Is there lots of... Because footballers do it all the time, don't they? Every time I watch football on the television, you know, and I don't want to make a big deal about it because I don't understand how the game works, but it does involve in flinging your arms around somebody's neck or basically just jumping on top of them. And this apparently is heterosexual behaviour. My God, you need to take some of these players to gay clubs. You'll find it very subdued compared to what you get up to on the field. But apparently at Crystal Palace, OK to turn around and hug the bloke behind you. Didn't know him, wasn't introduced. They didn't have a letter of introduction. They just hugged. You see, I, you see, I don't do things. I couldn't do that. I'd just be standing there. If somebody touched me, I would probably scream. I would, but of course, nobody would hear me. Because there'd be everybody else screaming and hugging and doing all that kind of... What is it with football fans... You're just all a bit repressed homosexuals or something. There's something going on here that I, I sort of... I'm kind of worrying that there's a lot of tactile touching. It's a good excuse, isn't it? Yeah, we won. Hug, hug me. Hug, hug, kiss, kiss, kiss. Oh, stop it. There's a picture in the paper today of... Um, who's the bloke who does carpool karaoke? James Corden. He's kissing Harry Styles. Because that it, this apparently is a heterosexual thing. It goes on all the time, apparently. It's a, you, you get Robbie Williams who'll do it as well. It's a, we're all supposed to be shocked by it, but, you know, to be honest with you, I've been around the block a few times. Nothing surprises me. Really, nothing surprises me. But I just don't understand football fans. Lots of snogging and hugging and kissing, and everybody sort of says, have another drink. What, what, what would you like to drink, mate? What would you like to drink? Um, and I always go, I'll have an apple ties. And it's at that moment that I've found myself the only person in the stadium. Nobody talks to me after that. I tried asking for Cherry B one year. And I was received with blank, look like, uh, sorry, mate. I went, I'd, I'd check, uh, snowball, could I have a snowball? Would that be OK? And could I have the cherry on the stick as well on the side? Look at me like I'm mad. So I'm, I'm not welcome at football matches. Mind you, after today's revelation, I don't think the producer would be welcome either. Crystal Palace, all of a sudden, would be going, what, what, what is it with Crystal Palace? They're called Crystal Palace for a reason, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Lee Mead says, good to have you back, laughing again at 6am. 
20 to 7. But it doesn't matter. You can still be laughing backwards on this programme. I don't mind people laughing backwards. I do, do you know, I'm quite grateful to be back, actually. I know many of you are regretting it. What a shame that he got better. Actually, I'm, I think I'm sort of better. I think by the time I get to tomorrow, the brain will be functioning, you know, in a completely different way. Uh, not one Afghan interpreter allowed in under new rules. I tell you where interpreters make the most money. I do, I do wish I spoke another language. English would be useful. And um, courts. Courts use uh, interpreters. So many crooks in the country. We seem to welcome everybody in with open arms. wonder what the Daily Star are talking about today. Whoa! What serious, hard-hitting story. White Christmas. But before that, floods. Oh, God, not floods. We've had trouble with floods before, haven't we? We've had a lot of trouble. Uh, Dave in Streatham says, Space is infinite. Infinite. Therefore, there must be aliens. Don't be stupid. Of course there's not aliens. Why must there be aliens? Because it's infinite. Why must there be aliens? I don't understand this sort of this sort of logistical argument of, well, of course, because we don't know what's out there, there must be. Don't be so ridiculous. Why? There's nothing out there. There is nothing apart from... You've heard it. Space. The final frontier. These are the, It's there. You can see it on the television. They've taken an aircraft up there. And do, 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 do. and there's nothing there. There's a few loonies dressed in little plastic things. But you see them in Leicester Square and you see them in Trafalgar Square every day of the week sticking to a pole. There's more Yodas down there than you could stake us to. It's made up, OK? There's no Dan Dare. There's no, you know, Zorro and all that. It's just rubbish. Just need to grow up and get a life. Uh, so Ryanair are going on strike. Well, that's pleased everybody, isn't it, really? They're pleasing some... Pi- they own a fortune pilot. Mind you, not as much as tube drivers seem to make and train drivers. They make a lot of money, don't they? I thought about that the other day. I thought, if my voice goes completely, perhaps I could drive a train eventually. Uh, Katie Telly Meltdown, as I say, completely the wrong person to ask about the death of Keith Chegwin because he had the same illness that her mother's got. So, of course, we forget about Keith Chegwin and we just talk about her. And she's droning on on television about, you know, I don't want to lose my mother. It's, you know, three to four years. I wish some people could say that they had as much time left with their parent. Make the best of it. That's how it works nowadays. It's, you know, but don't turn it always round to you. There are other people. In fact, what they should have done is, as opposed to her, somebody should have thought about it. Wait a minute. Her mother's got exactly the same as this. She's bound to all of a sudden talk about herself again. It was supposed to be about Keith Chegwin. That's why all the other programmes did it so much better. And loose women. Uh, Sharon says, I'm kissing the radio. Welcome back. Stop it. Stop it now. We don't kiss the radio, honestly. Just ridiculous. And Alistair in Edinburgh says, minus 13 degrees in Shropshire, positively balmy. We're just back from Lapland, where we took our five-year-old daughter to see Santa. It was minus 20 when we arrived and dropped to minus 30. I know how it feels. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I love a good uh, pantomime. I've not been to a good pantomime for ages and ages. I'm hoping to make it uh, this year. Barbara Windsor would have stayed on as Peggy Mitchell if it had meant working alongside June Whitfield. The telly legend quit the role years ago and last year finally agreed that her character should be killed off. Terry and June's June joined the soap for a brief stint as a nun. Speaking on stage at the uh, Trick Christmas lunch, Barbara told June, I was so thrilled when you joined, I said... Why am I leaving? June is coming. Barbara is 80. I mean, dear, honestly, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, does it, really? People getting much, much older and still looking fabulous. But mind you, that's what show business does for you. Show business makes you feel a bit fabulous. 
Uh, Daily Express this morning. I suspect it's... Oh, it is. There's a surprise. Uh, we've managed to uh, nail the thieving little tow rag, who's the benefits cheat. Took us six years. 22 councils. That's how bad the system is. That's how easy it was for her to get literally a quarter of a million pounds out of them. And she lived the high life. She basically stuck two fingers. So we've stuck two fingers up at her. And we put her in prison for four years. Not long enough. Not long enough. And we gave her asylum. So a thieving little so-and-so as well. May's Brexit poll boost. Isn't it funny? It was only a week ago. And we were thinking, oh, May's on the way out, isn't it? Now blow me down that she's back, back at the top of the polls as Jeremy Corbyn vanishes completely. Perhaps he's, perhaps he's old. Perhaps he can't do it anymore. I don't know. It seems a bit odd. Also an oil tanker ending up in a, in a river in the Cotswolds. We tend to forget, don't we, that you know, you've got these lorries that have to pootle around the countryside. Lots of lorry drivers listen to this programme. And, um, and it's a case of... You know, can can they actually get there? Can they not get there? If you want to get a bit of snow, some of these little country roads, they just fall apart. They fall apart. Uh, Britain's on flood alert as all this snow melts. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be dr- deluging us down here. We always see the benefit down here. Well, I say the benefit because the River Thames rises because it's, it's sort of it's geared by how much water comes down from up north. Occasionally we have the... Uh, the, uh, the sort of the river drained and then they clear it of shopping trolleys and a load of other rubbish. But uh, now we're going to get loads of it as all this snow melts and then it's going to come back again. That's what we had. Uh, more on the benefits cheat. This is uh, Amisi, splashed out on designer clothes. Hardly worth it, dear. Where you're going, you just, just wear sackcloth and ashes. I hate people who cheat the country. It just annoys me. It annoys me no end. Are people still buying Christmas presents? Are we still shopping for Christmas? Are you still shopping? Oh... I haven't quite got there. One, one or two presents. Okay. Uh, here's the uh, the bloke. His name is uh, is Ross. Uh, his mother Vina bought a set of lights. So he says, uh, from Woolworths. Not one bulb has blown after forty eight years. Three pound Woolies uh, Christmas tree lights still working. They came with spare set of bulbs, but the originals have never needed replacing. Uh, Vina now lives in a nursing home. Ross can't take the lights to her because of health and safety regulations. And um, he says, I don't think the lights will pass an electrical test. So he's taken a picture of them. I mean, do we really believe that they're still going after 48 years? See, I don't believe it either. I'm such a cynic. Such a cynic. They, they were £3 in 1969. That was a blooming expensive set of lights. Three quid in 1969. But uh, word had got around, he said, that these lights had come in from Germany. Uh, they've never let me down. He's also got an LED set of Christmas lights he bought two years ago for 20 quid, but he said they're already on the blink. I just don't, I just don't believe... You know, when somebody says, ooh, my television's still going from 1905. You know, when somebody says, well, I've got a set of Christmas lights from God knows how many years ago, I go, £3 in 1969 would be today 50 quid. Actually, I bought a set of lights for 50 quid the other week. Very nice. I don't mind spending money on lights, because once they start going, because they're only LED, I throw them out. I mean, obviously not if one bulb blows, but if, if a few others go as well. Here's the stormtroopers, Harry and William, dress up. It really is. What age are we dealing with here, for goodness sake, honestly? I don't know. Uh, a gender survey for ten-year-olds is a dangerous folly. I don't, do you think people are aware at the age of, you know, ten, what sort of go... I shouldn't think so. I mean, I'm well in excess of that, and even I haven't decided. Um, there's also a story, Lessons of Toff's Triumph. Everybody's going on about Toffee, Toffolo, Toffee, whatever it paces. Uh, also, also, who's going to be number one for Christmas this year? I don't even know what, what the contenders are. And we hope it's going to be George Michael. 
Are we hoping about that? Uh, also, Game of Clones. They've got lots of pictures of uh, members of the royal family and who they think they look like. Princess Eugenie and the Queen Mother. I think not, dear. I think not. Uh, Prince Charles and the Duke of Edinburgh. <laughs> Pretty little thing. And uh, the Queen uh, and Queen Mary, George V's consort. They reckon Harry and Prince Philip look very similar. No, it's only because, uh, you know, I mean, I think actually Philip's got more hair than Prince Harry. Seems to be uh, dropping out at a, at a rate of knots. And Prince Edward and King George VI. This is a little bit of a, a thing. Some collaboration in the charts, incidentally. He says using his musical knowledge, just to show to you how much I know. Uh, Ed Sheeran. Do you know, he, he broke royal protocol. Did you notice the other day when he was being given his, his award, he touched Prince, uh, Prince Charles's arm? Apparently not allowed to touch the royals. Isn't that funny, that? I mean, I, I don't quite understand why not. They must know who he is. But uh, And Beyonce, the odds-on favourite. So it's Ed Sheeran and Beyonce for Christmas number one. Wham's last Christmas's second favourite. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Still waiting to see how much money George Michael left in his will. I'm, I'm just naturally curious because he was so successful and he was so generous. I'd like to know, you know, what, what, what has been left who, who are the main beneficiaries, or are they keeping it quiet? It shouldn't be kept quiet, because it would be through companies. So why has it, uh, it not happened? Must be some journalists getting geared up for that one, I should imagine. Uh, Steve, delighted you're back. Do you realise that I've spent the last week, says Gary, listening to your old podcasts? They're still good, though, aren't they? I know. I've never heard one, but I'm sure they're brilliant. And uh, Tim, the piano man, says, I thought you were a goner. I've listened to you since 1979. I don't know what I'd have done without you in the early hours when I'm working. You're making a piano or tuning the thing. Can't be that easy tuning piano listening to this programme. La la, it's like, Alexa. Oh, sorry. Dear. I get into so much trouble for that. Every time I say that, people's Alexa comes to uh, life and starts. No. Hi, Siri. Well, moving on, moving on. Quickly, front pages of the papers before people start writing in. Will you tell your presenter not to do that? Or, I mean, oh, is it... That's right. And the worst one you can say is, OK, Google. You know, I mean, that's just that would be silly, wouldn't it, to do something that's very childish, very infantile. But that's the way I feel this morning, so... Pfft, I don't care. Uh, Daily Express, front page. Let's run through them, shall we? The, uh, the May's Brexit poll boost. The benefits cheat. I'm so glad you're in prison. I couldn't be happier, actually. I want to come round and sort of go... Pfft, through the bars of your cell... Uh, the Daily Star, the white Christmas odds on. Big day snowfall. I forget how many years it's been since we've had snow on Christmas Day. I know in certain parts of the country you get it normally, but uh, it's not normal for us in Londinium. Uh, also, uh, bring the web giants to heel. Facebook and Twitter help fuel a tide of vile abuse against Tory general election candidates. It's all going on, isn't it? Some horrendous stories in some of the, uh, the papers for today. Bake Off's Prue. I like her. I like her and Mary Berry. I don't care. I think it's nice to see older people on the television. And Mary Berry, when she turns up, she's just a delight. And uh, Prue as well, igniting a frozen stuffing debate, which is good. The baby born without the uh, the heart on the outside lives. I mean, it's just the miracles that people can do nowadays. So congratulations to the uh, the surgeons. Fuel prices set to soar. There's a surprise. Oh dear, I would never have seen that one coming, would you? The Daily Mirror, the force is strong in this one. It's a film. Okay, it's a pretend film. It's not real. There aren't any stormtroopers on another planet, on another galaxy. There's no space. There's no spaceship. All right, there's none of that. There's no hand solo. Grow up, get a life. 
goodness sake. It's just William and Harry, who obviously have a dressing-up box at home. And uh, can, we, can we be stormtroopers, please? They uh, could show Kate. Look, it's me as a stormtrooper. Who's going to know? Could be anybody. Could be Muffin the Mule, couldn't it? Could be Pogel from Pogel's Wood. Uh, the baby girl born with a heart outside her body. First to survive a rare condition. She's only three weeks old. Bless. Isn't that, isn't that just amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Uh, the guard, Actually, of course, I've just realised that since I've been uh, away, Max Clifford's died. Didn't predict that one. Somebody was saying, how much money's he got? Because he must have made a fortune. Apparently declared himself bankrupt. How can that be? Where did all his money go? He had a house. He had a car. Legal fees, probably. Yeah, but even so, Max Clifford, he used to make stories up. He used to sell stories to just about everybody. There was always money to be made with Max Clifford. However, he's uh, he's ended up the uh, the way that uh, most of those sort of people do. Guardian this morning revealed how corporate spies target activists. Uh, Star Wars, the first night thrill ride of galactic proportions. It's a film. It's pretend. God, do you think, I mean, I, I have to be honest. I better hold my hands up and tell you that I do love seeing a load of people dressed up as stormtroopers. I can't help it. it just, just because lucky they don't have to look at their faces. Do you remember the ones on X Factor? They danced. Dum, dum, dum. You know, hey, lucky I've got to put a ring on it and all that. That was quite good. I like that. Uh, Daily Telegraph, gas shortage to push up bills. Inspecting the troops, William and Harry. Gosh, it's like having the toy book come to life, Harry. It's so exciting. Yes, lovely. No uh, no Kate and, uh, and no Megan. Obviously back supervising the... Uh, the house, and here's a picture of um, the judge dragging Juncker into the scandal over wiretapping. Megan and the 450... Did you see that piece? Oh, God, I haven't got enough time to tell you. There was a lovely piece in the paper. One of the columnists going, Megan's new friend is Victoria Beckham. <laughs> the reason being, I mean, obviously, joke of the First Order, uh, that apparently um, she was seen coming out of a salon that's frequented by posh. That makes her best friend now. What a load of old rubbish. The rubbish they print in the papers nowadays. But as I say, don't believe a word of it. Victoria will not be offering advice to Meghan. I shouldn't imagine Meghan has got the faintest idea who she is. That's it for this morning. Thank you for your company. And uh, do it again tomorrow. Not doing anything. Between four and seven, I'll be here. There is now another reason to download the LBC iPhone app as well as listening to LBC, wherever you are. You can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on our new catch-up feature. Just download the new LBC iPhone app and click on catch-up at the bottom. It's as simple as that. And just a reminder, because of the throat, we won't be doing the free podcast for the rest of this week. Coming up with you at 10 o'clock this morning, it's James O'Brien, but next, the award-winning Nick Ferrari at breakfast. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.